you from on the street. Evanston, Richard, you're from Evanston. No, you're not from Chicago, where, where, so I'm where, telling you, you, you provide information and you don't even know the, you don't even know the Hello, hello, hello. Good morning. Um, it is January third. Yep, January third, two thousand and twenty-one. Damn, that shit was crazy. Good like morning. I am Aaron Deal, your host, and I'm with my co-host Patrick Deal. This is the That's That Shit I Don't Like podcast. We're coming at you live at full speed with a good new year to start. I hope everybody's having a good day out there, and I hope they're ready to tackle the new year. So. Um, Pat, how's your, your day going for your first, um, episode of tw- First episode of 2021. Yes, indeed. I feel pretty good. Minus the snow. The snow finally decided to show itself out, which was, uh, shocking. I was, you know, I was betting that it wasn't going to snow at all this year. I was really hoping for that. And then when it snowed on Christmas, I, I don't know snowing. why you would think it would, it would not snow. We was getting close. We was getting really, really close, actually. Like, it didn't snow at all. And then it showed itself a little bit on Christmas. And I was like, I hope this is the only day. And then it just went all balls, just all out around New Year's. So, but other than that, you know what's crazy? I found something interesting. So, did you hear about this stuff about uh, Snoop Dogg responding to M's comments on, like, Yes, the I whole did. situation. Yes, I did. So, <laughs> I, for some reason, my thread on social media has always been about like just, you know, Snoop is uh Snoop is right, blah blah blah. And I feel like my profile is like in the echo chamber of just a bunch of people who are solely on Snoop's dick. Not to say that you know it's not deserved because you know Snoop is you know he's the uncle, but you know I think I was like one of the black sheep people who said. Snoop don't want the smoke. Like Snoop just don't want the smoke. So I'm just curious. What did you think about uh what do you think about that beef if that was to ever come to fruition? I mean, it's not a real beef. I think Snoop makes a a good point. I think somebody on Twitter said it best. Even though M would kill Snoop lyrically or yeah, even though M would kill Snoop lyrically, Snoop would just kill Eminem. You believe that? Even though Eminem would kill Snoop lyrically, oh, lyrically, Snoop would literally kill Eminem. Oh well, that's not really. That no, that's just I leave it at that, and it's so true. Like I, yeah, I, but that doesn't count. Yeah, no, it, I mean it says a lot, and honestly, I don't think Snoop. I mean, I mean that's not that's not a far fetched take from what Snoop has said. A lot of people have the same similar sentiments of Snoop, and we've even talked about this. I think on our first episode, like even though. I mean, you deem Eminem is great as like a top five, top ten rapper. A lot of people, especially like who are from the hood and who just have a different appreciation for hip hop in terms of substance. Um, Eminem doesn't do it for a lot of black folks anymore past 2003. Like past Eminem show, Eminem doesn't do it for a lot of black folks. It's just it's just fact. Here's the thing. I'm not saying he doesn't have a couple hits here and there. No, no, no. So so here's the thing. You you're you're right on those points. I would just argue that there's a reason why hip hop isn't or there's a reason why black uh hip-hop is like the number one genre today and as much as i would agree that Eminem doesn't cater to all black people the the genre isn't popular because of black folks just what the genre isn't popular because of black folks why is it popular then it's popular because white people love it 
you know, it's the numbers thing. Like, but back then, you have to be more specific with your explanation. Okay, okay, that's okay. no, 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 no. Because look, no, yes, white people are a key contributor in terms of the popularity because corporations have obviously. Here's my point. Come in and help hip hop become even more popular than it already was. But I'm not going to sit here and say hip hop is popular solely because of white people. No, no. I, didn't, I didn't say it was solely because of white people. I'm just saying the push to make it the number one genre in the world today yeah, has been because, part of it. You know, yeah, but it's a, it's a major key part of it. I'm not saying that black people didn't contribute to it at all. I'm just saying what it was is that had we had not um, door openers like artists. I mean, obviously we had some other smaller white artists come into play, but um, if had it not been for him being like the major component of hip hop coming in and actually bodying a lot of rappers who were good and just happened to be black, you know, that was the pen- that was the part that really pushed hip hop into the into the hearts and minds of more than just black folks. And look But I don't even know why we're shifting the conversation. This is my point. Eminem is not this is the just facts. Musically Eminem has not been there post 2003. I'm saying he's still good. He still has the talent, but Eminem's issue is that because he's a megastar and this is just facts. Most people when they become megastars like that sometimes especially when they've had issues in their personal life, they tend to lose their their edge. That's exactly what happened to Eminem. Those, those are just facts. Well, Spotify would agree would disagree with you. No. Yeah. I mean, no they wouldn't. That's just numbers in terms of talent. But yeah, no, but no. That's the numbers. No, no, no. no. Eminem said No, no, no. I'm not done yet with my explanation. That's yes, of course Spotify is going to say Eminem's still one of the greatest rappers because of numbers. But when it comes to music and when it comes to actually I would even go with the numbers. When it comes to the numbers, Eminem's numbers aren't even the same. Yes, he's still it's still impressive for 2020 in the last 5 years for what he puts up. But a lot of rappers are passing him up now. Like a decent amount of rappers I'm, I'm, passing I'm, him. No, I'm not but I'm, Eminem, but, I mean you can say with a lot of rappers are passing him up but what, I, what I'm saying is, is that that sounds a bit incoherent seeing as how the numbers I'm saying they're starting have, have shown that no, he is up there Eminem passing is, them So on all. Spotify alone last time I checked Drake is a, is ahead of Eminem there's a few other artists who are ahead of Eminem Eminem still makes like the top 10 every single year but he's not he's starting he's starting to lose his his momentum and on, and on YouTube he's definitely like not the top rapper like NBA, like when it comes to hip hop, like NBA Young Boy, like all those young rappers are, are passing okay, him up. So okay, so I think your argument would stand if we're talking about strictly just America. If we're talking strictly just America, then I would say, okay, well, yeah, that's what I'm part. saying. Well, that's all I, I can gauge right now. But if I were to def- definitely dig dig deeper, no, yeah, if you, if you I, I mean, think, it's probably doing a lot better in other countries. Yeah, but at the same time, yeah, but that's I would I would also argue that Drake is probably still have Eminem. No, well, if, if in if, other countries, if that were true, if that were true, and we're bringing the U.S. and the whole international uh, part component into it, you know, Eminem still beats him. And that's all I'm saying. But what I, but my no, point, he doesn't. Yes, he not, does. in, not in one category right now. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. In what category? In hip hop. In category of what? What category? I just asked ca- literally in, in, what in category. Ca- you know, like the what the numbers. What I'm what category? About? What cat? What, what category, category is Eminem beating Drake in? The most streams played. No, he's not. Yes, I'm he telling is. you, he's not. You want to look it up right now? You yes. look it up right now. He's not winning. And what 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 platform do you want to go off of? What platform? As far as like music, what platform? What what DSP? What Spotify? YouTube? Spotify? Most streams play. I'm gonna type in the top There's stream, a, stop, top streamed artist. Of 2020. 
Stop top streamed artist of Spotify in 2020. In 2020. And, you, and you really and you really wanted to Show me what's up. You really want to question me right Show now. Show me what's up. Embarrass me, dog. <laughs> it should it should say something about four billion streams or something like that. That he hit four billion streams. Right or wrong? No, it's I'm I'm waiting for it to load up. Okay. Well if I'm wrong, let me know and let me know who beat him. If I'm right. Show me what, how many numbers he had, and then show me how many... Uh, Already, Eminem's not even popping up, but hold on. Who popped up? Bad Bunny was the first artist who popped up, so hold on. Most streams... They're not giving me a list. Just give me a I'll, I'll, list. I'll do my part, too. I'll, I'll help you out. I don't want to... Because I don't want to spend too much time on this. Let's see. Most streams... Whoops. Uh, streams... Uh, okay, so this is I'm looking at this, and this is the first thing that just came off of uh, Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. The most, so I'm gonna compare the most monthly listeners to the most. Uh, I'm not sure if this is if this is 2020. I'm assuming this is. 2020. Okay, so a saying right here, mm -hmm. and this is just Wikipedia, so I'm assuming this is somewhat factual. <laughs> but they're saying in 2020 alone, the most streamed artist of 2020 was number one in Jan. Well, they're going to buy months, but anyway, in January it was Ed Sheeran, in February and March it was Justin Bieber, in April it was The Weeknd, in May it was Drake. From June through September, it was the weekend. In November, it was Justin Bieber, and in December, it was Ariana, Ron, uh, Ariana Grande. Not once did they mention Eminem. And that's and that's the most streams of of we're talking month, uh, year, or they, that's what they're putting. They said in 2020, the, the artist with the most streams for 2020 was that. Now I'm gonna jump to by year. In 2013, the <laughs> in 2013, uh. Macklemore was the most streamed artist by ranking. So in 2013 goes Macklemore, Evicci, Daft Punk, Eminem, and Magic Dragons. Jump to 2014 goes Ed Sheeran, then Eminem, Coldplay, Calvin Harris, and Katy Perry. In 2015, it goes Drake, Ed Sheeran, The Weeknd, Marine 5, Kanye that. West. 2016, that. it goes again Drake, Justin Bieber, Rihanna, 21 Pilots, Kanye West. 2016, Ed Sheeran, Drake, The Weeknd, Kendrick Lamar, Chainsmokers. 2018, Drake, Post Malone, Triple X, Tentacion, Should I Go On? There's a lot of Drakes up here. 2019, Post Malone, Billie Eilish, Ariana Grande, Ed Sheeran, Bad Bunny. In 2020, Bad, Bad Bunny's number one. Drake is number two. J Balvin's number three. Juice World's number four. And mm -hmm. The Weeknd's number five. You, you see where I'm going with this. Yeah, yeah. So, I, like I said, okay. before I even had to pull this up, Eminem is, not, is no longer a top... He he's at the top, but he's not. That's what I'm, I meant. Like, and there's other rappers who are gaining cl close cl close traction to him, mm -hmm. right? Like now they say of all of all time though, Eminem is top five right now in terms of the most streams of all time. At least on Spotify, Eminem has 21 billion, uh, 250 uh, million streams, right? Mm -hmm. And Drake has, but Drake has more. Drake has 35 billion. Six hundred and ninety-four million streams. So he's he's already beating Eminem in that in that ball game. Okay. And Kanye is not even that much farther behind Eminem. So my point is that as in, in, in oh, most really? Kanye's not 
Kanye's at 15 billion. He makes number 10. He's at 15. My point is that. I guess that's my point bad. is that. There's a lot of new rappers who are up and coming who are very, very young. I mean, like, 21, 19, like, very, very young. <coughs> but they're very popular. Right. That's right. what I just said. They're very young. They're very popular. They're, they're up and coming. And they're they're starting to get up there in terms of numbers, in terms of passing up some of these rappers. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll get to Drake within the next year or two. I definitely think after, like, the next two or three years, they will start getting in Drake's uh, sphere, if you will. Okay. But like NBA Young Boy, I think he's gonna start passing up a lot of people. Lil Uzi, Uzi Vert has already passed up a few people. Triple X, Tentacion, even though he went up after he passed away, I think if he stayed alive, he would definitely start passing up people. Okay, okay, so okay, so because they've the youngins have done a better job, in my opinion, at fusing uh, different genres within hip hop, and then and then uh, reaching a master audience. Right. So I definitely think I definitely one thousand percent think that. It's no coincidence that Eminem, I mean, A, Eminem's getting older. Like I said, B, when you've had a career. Well, well, let, me, well let me just say this. I, I bring that up because um, I saw a poll on, um, actually, on, on Academics' platform where he was um, challenging the, this idea that Eminem was making all these kind of streams. And he was like, how is this possible? How is this possible? And there were a lot of, like, things going on in his tweets saying about how, like, um, you know, Eminem may, may may not be getting listened to by a lot of people out here, but he's like getting streams everywhere else. And Spotify, this is still and, and this and this is what people don't understand. Even though that's a good point, another thing that people no, but, well, no, go ahead, go ahead. You can buy streams like that's very easy. Eminem's buying streams though. I definitely think his team. Is a key part of him buying streams. I'm not saying he doesn't have a core fan base. I, of course, the stands are going to stand. But you're not listening to what I'm saying. When I see Eminem every single year, even like when he came out with what was that album? Uh, His latest one? No, the one that that flopped. Uh, Walk on revival. Water. Revival, okay, with revival. Um, <laughs> even though that was like his weakest album. No, wait, wait, hold on, wait. Revival didn't flop. It just sucked. It did not flop. It went platinum. For Eminem, it flopped. No, no for Eminem, it No, sucked. no, let me finish. A flop is when you have expectations and it does not go as planned, right? If, 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 no, Star, if, no, no. If Star Wars were to come out today. Which it Star, has. And Star Wars only sell, only does like a million streams compared to the hundred million of fans that it's supposed to bring in, that's a flop. Yeah, but but the thing it is is that take Rise of Skywalker. It made a billion dollars, but people revile that as the worst Star Wars film of all time. That's not that's not what I'm talking about. No, here. but no, but revival didn't flop. It did well. It just sucked. It was trash. It was very trash. I, I was it definitely flopped. Trash. No, it did not compared, flop at all. Compared, compared to those albums, it flopped. No, and for his expectations, it flopped. I mean, I mean, compared to all his in my opinion, sure. uh, my opinion, right. a, a flop is when uh, a flop is when you make don't we don't make the return that you're expecting. That's a flop. That, that's what that was. No, he made his return. No, he did. Yes, he did. It I just, promise you, he did. No, bro, I'm telling I promise you, you, he did. I'm telling you, revival. No, when I, I'm okay. not going to prove we'll you have, right, we'll have right. I'm not going to prove right myself there. right again. But anyway, no, you're not proving yourself right. I'm I, telling you, I know, I know the, it didn't, I know the numbers. Pat, it flopped. I'm telling you. No, it did not, Aaron. I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not debating what what's a flop and what's not a flop. But the point is. The point I'm making is that you can buy streams, and I definitely think with how rich and how successful Eminem has been, and by him working with some of the best producers of the entire world, like Dr. Dre, Just Blaze, 
the list goes on. Timberland. I can I can just keep on naming off names. Uh, Boy Wonder, uh, Hit Boy, all these list of producers. Eminem is a brand, so he obviously makes a lot of people money. And even with Revival, even though it when it dropped, it was like it, it came out as number one at the time, even though it shouldn't have been number one. The end of the day is that a lot of uh, celebrities buy streamings, and actually that that just goes right into my next point because. I've been on Clubhouse, right? And so this segues perfectly into our next topic. And they would tell you that these artists who are big time and icons are buying streams? Yeah, exactly. So the founder, David Mays, they asked him, they were asking him what, what was his, his thoughts about the music business today and the transitions from the 90s up until now. And he was just basically saying like, see, this is the beautiful thing about nowadays. A lot of times, or back in the day, you got to earn your you have to earn your slot on the radio to get those those that airplay and to get those numbers and and that's kind of influenced us to I basically in a nutshell he basically explained that's kind of what influenced us to put you on the source or if you were up and coming we felt like you were the shit we would give you a chance to to shine your light but nowadays he said things are so convoluted because everybody's buying streams I completely one thousand percent agree with him that's why it's a lot harder. Like if okay, you're like like give me an like what kind of artist do you think is buying streams? I think they all do to a certain extent. All of them. There's not one. There's not one uh, artist, and that's part of being on a label. Okay, that's so part of that's part of being on a label, and that's part of being on a team where they have your back. They're gonna pay for marketing distribution, and they're gonna pay for you know whatever to make sure that these numbers look bigger than they what they really are. I'm not saying people aren't actually clicking them, but I don't think people actually listen to them so as like, much as so like the pr teams and the people who are like responsible for getting the music out there those are the ones that's like every single artist who's a, who's a every single artist who's an arb celebrity at some point they pay for the streams in my opinion outside of independent people now independent people that's a whole other ball game i think only some of them do that but definitely all the celebrities i 1000 percent think that they're all paying for it because you have to understand like title and Spotify, they're not even releasing their actual data statistics in terms of, like, they'll show you, like, well, like what people's monthly listeners and stuff like that is, but they're not going to show you the real numbers, like, like on, uh, what's that, the social media dilemma where they show you, like, like how much money makes off of how long you're listening to a, a, a video or watching something on your Instagram, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. They're not going to show you those statistics, right? Mm-hmm. They're not going to show you how long you've been listening to Eminem and how much money that brings in. They're not going to show you that for a good reason, right? Because they know that if they were to really show their hand, that's going to that's gonna show a lot of truths to a lot of different artists. In my opinion, I definitely 1000% agree that a lot of these artists are buying streams and they look a lot more, they look bigger than what they actually are. Okay, so they're exaggerated. Okay, so like I think like for man, instance hold on, hold on, hold on. So the guy that you, that was telling you this information, was he David Mays is the founder of The Source, Harvard graduate. Right, okay. Um right. Uh 90s uh hip hop mogul. He's the one he's part of the reason why and he's also in charge of the Double uh, XL magazine. Okay, so would so would you say that Drake would be one. I mean, uh, your answer probably won't surprise me. But do you think Drake is the person that would probably be buying his streams? They all do. Oh, I think okay. Drake, Eminem, Bad Bunny, all these, even Rihanna. I think they all buy. I, now, don't get me wrong. Do I still think they have a huge following? Absolutely. I'm not saying they're not successful sure. at what they're doing. But I'm saying when it comes to competition, and say if like, say if me and you are an artist, we're the num- one of the top celebrities in the world, right, or mm. music artists. And we're supposed to drop January 3rd, 2021. If I drop and you drop 
And our numbers are pretty close. Of course, I'm going to pay for fucking streams to make mine look a little bit bigger than yours as much as possible. Because, say, if our fan base... So, say, if, like, a perfect example of this, I think, is with, uh, is with, uh, like, like when Kanye West and J. Cole dropped their album the exact same right. day in 2013. <laughs> Kanye had, like, an actual rollout, more so. And then I think J. Cole... Actually, no, J. Cole, actually, he did kind of have a rollout, too. But they both dropped on the same day. It, their fan bases were very, very similar. They had probably around the uh, same amount of fans who were going to buy that album, and they were close at first, right? Okay. So Kanye outsold him up front, but in the long term, Cole outpaced him. So, like I said, in a situation like that, if if a person's really trying to be competitive, they're gonna go, they're gonna go out of their way to pay more for uh, that listenership and all that. Another example is uh, DJ Khaled and. Uh, Travis Scott. This is a little bit different, but basically, when DJ, no, I, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. When DJ Khaled got this <laughs> last album, <laughs> he specifically that, yeah. tried to use like a a, a bundle with yeah. his music and, and, and merch, and and I think it was a drink at the time. I think it was a red. It was either Red Bull or it wasn't Red. It was. It was. It, no, it was like it a, was one of those energy. It was drinks. one of the, yeah, one of those energy beach drinks. But anyway, he was it. basically trying to make it so when you buy a package of all that, it'll count as a sale. Right to outcompete the other rappers right. at that time who were dropping music, and and in turn it backfired. And Tyler, the creator's album, ended up outselling Passing his. Them, yeah. Right, based off that, because basically, so do you Khaled's think- mindset is that like I saw Travis Scott do it, I saw Taylor Swift do it. Let me try, but the music business has gotten smart about that now, and they they've made it a lot harder for artists to do that. Well, okay. So that's my point. So if okay. they're doing that just for that, I know for a fact that, that when it comes to Title, Apple Music, all that—they're buying some of their right. streams. So, in so in that scenario, do you think that between Khaled and Tyler, do you think that Tyler was the one that bought the streams, or do you think DJ uh, uh, Khaled? Like was I said, one? I think they both at some point have bought, have manipulated some of their streams. They both definitely have because of their teams that they're on. All of them do. It's, this is just a reality of the music okay, business. If people study the music business. This is just the reality no, no, I, I get of the internet, right? This, the, no, I get you. This reminds but, me. Of, but uh, do I think that uh, DJ Khaled's team went more out of his way to juke the numbers? Absolutely, one thousand percent. Yes, because um, in my opinion, Tyler Creator has one of the biggest fan bases in hip hop. Like in terms of just like. It's just he has like a very he's he reminds me of Kid Cudi. He has like a very very solid young fan base. It's just very solid. It's like very this targeted, is, yeah. Right. Yeah. DJ Khaled even though he's popular through Snapchat more so than in my opinion than anything else as of late. DJ Khaled um he's he was never like the face of his music, right? Because he's a mm-hmm. DJ of course, he's he has the hits. Don't get me wrong, and he has the respect in the in the culture. He's not like a he's not a super he's not a hip hop superstar, if you will. Right now, he is more so because of like the Snapchat well, thing I, that happened. But yeah. in terms of like when being it, like you know, it, I mean, Khaled's never been that artist where I have an album coming out and people listen to it right. because Khaled right. is on it. Like it's he's mostly no he's mostly known for bringing. The top superstar artists of the of that time together to make a track. Yeah, and another thing, the reason I wasn't even that much shocked when when Tyler outsold him because Tyler is more he tried he, him and Mac Miller were similar in the sense where they were they've always were good at experimenting um, outside of the norm of their music. Like Mac Miller was really good at 
um, always trying to bring different instrumentations and different producers and mm. different sounds into his element, which is why his discography is so amazing. Same with Tyler. Like, this Igor album is not really even a hip-hop album. It really isn't. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. So yeah, I, would, I would argue that Tyler is more of an artist than DJ Khaled. Like, he's just more of an actual well, I, I, artist. I'll give it with that. So, yeah. That that's that's even more so of what makes him more of like that star. He he has like that well roundedness that DJ Khaled, in my opinion, doesn't have. Because DJ Khaled's more of just a great producer, uh, slash DJ. But whereas Tyler the Creator, like he, he he's a little bit of a mm. Renaissance man with a lot more other different things. And he doesn't really need anybody if yeah. we're keeping it one thousand. So this this reminds me of that whole time when um when uh. I think it was between Nicki Minaj and Travis when they both came out with the album. Yeah, when when uh, Travis dropped the uh, Astro World and then Nicki had the Queen album come out, and then the Billboards were kind of like, well, they they were kind of like going each other back and forth about how I'm number one or I'm number one. Do you think that in that in that case you have two artists pretty much battling for number one in the billboard? Yeah. How does like buying for streams and stuff like that play into the billboards? Because from what well, I, I know, well, from what I understand, the billboards is a, is a, th- is a platform where they, they categorize the, the, the album sale or the, or the, or right. The, but so, yeah. So it, does buying streams count for like a sale? Oh yeah. Cause I think one sale counts as 1500 streams. If right. I'm so if you buy streams, if you buy somebody to buy your album, does that would that would they count that? Because that's sort of well, it that's depends. So that's 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 another thing, right? Like some of these, um, some of these these Billboard companies, like Billboard, or like some of these these uh, music companies where they rank music, like Billboard. Uh, who else? Um, who who else is like uh, like Apple? Like the top forty for Apple Music. Some of them have actual partnerships with some like some labels, right? Yeah. So literally. Billboard has a relationship with Atlantic Records. Billboard has a, has a certain relationship with, you know, um, Interscope, has a certain relationship with Warner Brothers, right? Sony Music, the list goes on. So, obviously, if you have a better relationship with one label compared to the other, right, that can definitely influence who's going to get more promo and recognition on a certain uh, media outlet, right, for Billboard, right? So, in, in terms of Billboard, that's why I love that line by Jay-Z. When he said, like, now we look at Billboard, like, is you dumb? Right? Because that's what he's saying. Like, he's basically saying, like, uh, these numbers aren't – a lot of people who run these 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 lab- or the who, who track these numbers are idiots, right? Yes, of course, sometimes an artist is definitely going to outsell the other, but a lot of times Billboard would give recognition to artists who definitely don't deserve it compared to another artist, Right. Um, so that's what he's saying. So a lot of these numbers that you see are definitely juked and they're not accurate just because some that's, but that's the art of the music business, right? Mm. That's the art of the the music business. the competition of the. Yeah. But that's why I, but that's why I think like even with with the Snoop Dogg and and Eminem shit, like I definitely think Eminem has not like, I, I feel like Eminem and I was just thinking about this like the other day when after. uh, Can you, but can you, my issue, my issue with, with Eminem just solely is that Eminem, in my opinion, hasn't fully, um, exposed his range. I feel like Eminem has not fully exposed his range. You're going to have to explain yourself on that one. Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, so there's a lot, there's a lot of artists who is actually supposed to work with Eminem. If you've really tracked his career, there's, there's been a lot of artists who've, who've tried to work with Eminem. Mm -hmm. I think because of his brand, and how big he is, and because of the management of Paul Rosenberg, good or bad, 
it's it's disallowed him from having a lot of key collaborations that I think would have helped Eminem in terms of getting even more respect in the hip hop community, right? I think so. There's there's been there's been uh, there there's from my understanding that there's actual music with Jeezy, Young Jeezy, and Eminem that was supposed to come out like in two thousand like nine. 2009 I mean, they, they did do a track together it didn't it never it never was released it was never once released um no, no, it was it, no, well, it what's, what's there's, the track there's, called? Pack, there's not one track with eminem yes there G is that's that's out right now yes this is what's it called it it's on it, i don't know what it's what's called, it called? Cause it's i can't remember out. on the top of my head it's but it's on, it's on 103 go on 103 it's the last track on there and this is him doing the hook are you talking Pat. about an with a with like an actual verse on it with him and, yes, and going back and forth? Yes. Oh, well, be more specific because there's a song Pat, out. And with even his with that, I highly doubt that there's <laughs> Pat. There's never a, a track with Eminem and Pat. Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm serious. Actually, I'm going to do it right now because I, I heard the song like a bunch of times since you think I'm just bullshitting. This is what you do. You you always think I'm bullshitting this shit when I'm trying to let you know that like I actually heard a track with him and Jeezy on it, but he doesn't like lay out an actual. No, so it's saying uh, on here. Version. So he confirms. So they said Jeezy confirms feature Eminem feature on TM one hundred three, but I don't see the song. Yeah, no, you have to go, watch. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you. I don't see the song. I'm, no, I'm I'm, bring, I'm bringing it up right now. I'm bringing it up right now. Hustlers ambition. Blah 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 blah. Never be is it called Never Be the Same? Oh no, I know why you don't see it. I know why you don't see it. Why? Okay, so before no, I'm I'm about to explain. So so relax your face. Before I got Apple Music, this is way back when I was still in school. Remember I used to download music? Like I used to download music, used to always wonder why I got like all these different versions mm -hmm. with extra songs on it. Yep. The mm -hmm. album that I had the album that I downloaded, it was the, the formatted iTunes version, this is before I actually, this is before Apple Music was Apple Music. You have to still download music and stuff. The version that I got had that song on there. And I still have it on my computer while you're tripping. I can't remember what the song is called, but it was on there included in the album. And it was called, it was called the Deluxe Edition. Now, because I downloaded it, that version, they were people who like, uploaded those songs were able to put in official um, songs released or unreleased from the artist. And I heard that song on the album. Now, you're it said the song is called Talk To Me, but I don't, like I said, it said the song's called Talk To Me, but it's not on here. Well, it's not going to be on there because it's unofficial. But I I heard the- But, that's, but that was my point, though. So Jeezy actually- Jeezy, oh, okay. So you're saying that he didn't actually like clear, like it wasn't supposed, it wasn't yeah. released on the album. Okay. That my, my well, point, I, didn't, I didn't know it was My, my point is that Jeezy actually had like an interview discussing it like, like about why it didn't come out. And it was like an actual interview, like I think it was on Rap Genius or something. I can't remember. So what was his reason for that? I, that you have to talk to Eminem. But that's my point, though. Like- my issue with Eminem is that he hasn't exposed his range to its fullest potential, in my opinion, in terms of hip hop. I'm not yeah, talking. Okay, yeah, but what, but what I'm saying is that it seems like the song was made. It's just that one of them didn't clear it. But that's but that's not my point though. The the point of music is the point of creating music. Yes, is for yourself as an artist. But in terms of the spectrum, you want to share that with fans. My issue is that Eminem has not worked with. There's a lot of people who've tried to work with Eminem, and it's not just Eminem. It's a whole bunch of other rappers like Jay Z. Kanye, like I heard, like Justin Bieber and Kanye West have literally like over an album worth of songs. With with Eminem? No, I'm just switching the subject slightly. I'm going off on tangent. 
Justin Bieber has confirmed in one of his interviews that him and Kanye West have literally like over like an album worth of songs. Okay. We have never heard it yet, though. That's okay. my point. Like, I don't know if I don't hear that either. <laughs> I would love to hear that. Are you fucking serious? Justin Bieber and Kanye, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yes, absolutely, because you don't know if Kanye's doing the production. You don't know if Justin Bieber's, like, you don't know. I'd be curious to see how that sounds because I know Kanye is a musical genius. Music, right? uh, production wise. And this, and this interview was like in, I think, 2015. So this was like like around Life of Pablo days. Okay, well, so, if, he, if he's just behind, so for him, the studio, so I don't Justin know if Bieber, So for Justin to. Bieber to share that around that time, I know that Kanye's probably produced for him prior to that. So it's probably, like Kanye's probably produced for him since he's been out is what I'm sure. thinking. So sure. that probably, the, like, don't get me wrong, I don't know if it's going to be perfect, but some of those songs are probably definitely, he has probably a few bangers in there is what I'm saying. Okay. So anyway, Look. you're talking as if Kanye is not, a musical genius. No, I'm not saying he's not a musical genius. What I'm saying is that when people say that I work with Kanye, and then they come well, up with a I'm not trying to go off on tangents. Just let me get to my point. You're going to go off on tangents, right? <laughs> no, you're go, no, you're taking one of my examples, and you're like trying to make okay. it to another I, I, discussion. I, okay, bring I'm not on. trying to do I, that. I, okay, okay. I'm saying right. this. Eminem and a lot of other people who are t- who are who are uh, who are a list celebrities. They sometimes uh, a crux that they have is that they don't expose themselves enough to working with other artists and you don't see the full range of what they could sound like eminem in my opinion the reason why a lot of people have kind of gotten um off of his music like he's still popular but a lot of like like when you hear people say like i don't like eminem post 2003 like post eminem show or post Mm -hmm. like you know whatever it's because in my opinion a lot of his music has gotten very stale in a lot of ways like when you hear his music in like 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 from eminem show and below eminem a, he was a lot newer and, and younger, and B, he was working with a lot more um, different. In my opinion, he was working with he was working with people that was that was really challenging his sound a lot more, a lot more. Right, ever since since then, I think that now he's he's because he has all the the, the success and he has all of the uh, the accolades and stuff like that. I feel like he's taken more of like the approach like I'm going to be more of control of my own music, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna. Share the music that I deem that is that 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 seems fit, and I think because he has more control of the music, in turn, it's caused a lot of people to be turned off by because by him being in more control of his own music, it, as what it looks like, in my opinion, musically, it's definitely downgraded his material overall. I'm not saying you know just in general, it's downgraded okay. his material. Okay, so this this is what because when Dr. Is. Dre because when Dr. Dre was more so in, in charge of his music. I mean, yeah. Everybody loved it. I mean, I mean, everybody. Yeah, sure, everybody loved it. But the thing of it is, is that Dr. Dre is still producing songs for him. Not with not every to the same level. No, not the same. Yeah, obviously, because now, like you said, he has more control of his music. But the thing of it is, is that when you say that uh, Eminem hasn't um, um, uh, leveled up in his, or he hasn't like elevated his range and kind of in any kind of capacity, I super disagree with that and there's no other there's no other artist at his age at his age that has the legend status pushing out music that's literally breaking but that's, that's, a, complete, that's a that's a completely no, different no, no, that's argument some, that's, that's an important key component you can't no, that's a completely say, different argument no, though you're talking, no, about, it's, you're no, it's talking not. about output no no you're just you're saying that Eminem hasn't 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 uh, elevated in his range and, I'm, and what I'm saying is that how so what you bring up is that well people have said well, no, I, I, I was just one example I said like so he has not Eminem so when I look at so I'm just I'm, I'm comparing Eminem to all the other artists who are still making music and they're his no, age. No, yeah, no. Well, here's the thing: when you when you compare Eminem to other artists who are still making music, 
You th- you're talking about young dudes who are coming out with music that kids love. No, I, I no. Yeah. I, I'm talking about right now in this moment, Pat. In this moment right now, when I when I think of, think of Nas, when I think of Jay Z, when I think of Eminem, when I think of who else who is still putting out music at 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 this age. Okay, so people in, in Method his, Man in his era. Yeah, okay. Method Man. Right. Uh, Black Thought. Right. The Roots. Right. Who else? Right. I, I could keep naming off people. Yeah. They're not doing numbers like Common. You. Okay, I'm not. That's not the point. But none of them. That are, is the point. Let me finish. None of them are white. So let me finish my point. That doesn't mean shit. It does. No, mean, it does not. It doesn't mean shit. Pat, you are very naive if you think that part of the reason why uh, these artists aren't selling as high as Eminem is because of their skin color. No, I, I'm not. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm obviously, obviously, his his pigment has something to do with. But it. let me finish Absolutely. though. So let me finish though. Emin or uh, Jay Z, Nas, and uh, and all those other artists I've named, they've they've put out the same amount of albums, if not more, of Eminem since they've because they've all been yeah uh, right. roughly the same time right. The issue is that they've all, in my opinion, have experimented a lot more with hip hop in terms of just growth and, and evolution. I think that from I don't think that's fair, dude. No, no, I think no. I'm let me finish. I think all. that. I think when it comes from, and I'm just being completely objective because, like I said, I still love Eminem. I think a lot of Eminem's albums, like since I would say, the album after Recovery, right? From uh, what's what's the album that he had since Recovery? Uh, the Marshall Mathers LP two, I think is what. Yeah, LP two. Reco- yeah, yeah. Those are all good, but the issue is that, in my opinion, is that like most of those albums from from then until now, um. It's a lot. A lot of his lyricism, even though his lyricism has improved, a lot of his sound and a lot of the tech and a lot of his formatting of how he'll put his songs together is too similar, in my opinion. To what? It's too similar to his last stuff. So, like all the so his stuff from that is bullshit. No, dude. it's not. That is bullshit. His 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 new albums now do not sound like his old albums. Yeah, I, at I'm, all. Not, I'm not saying. I said his formatting. So look, just the formatting. Does let me not let me sense. finish. So when it comes to when it comes when it comes to when it comes to <laughs> get, that is BS, dude. No, it's not. When it comes to when it comes to making a song, right? And when it comes to making a song, and and you're in your mind, like, all right, how do I make a song? Or like, all right, so I, I get the hook and I get the three verses. A lot of times, is that. From my bit, from what I've heard of all of Eminem's albums, it's just him using the same technique, and it's just it just gets just redundant. Well, but what it's, is this technique you speak of? Right, so, so, I'm, so it's very lyrical miracle syllable, which is fine, but like it's always usually like the same, like like the like his his emotions will be very like it's just slim shady, right? It's like him expressing on beat like. How crazy he is and coming up with like the the best like the, some of the best punch punchlines mm-hmm. that are witty right, right? And, and rapping really really fast right? right and then also the beat having like a uh, having like a rock like a, like a slight rock but hip hop throwback bop to it okay and it's very just across the board so when so you, you you're talk, okay go, so go the on. thing is that from since I would say since. Marshall Mathers LP two up until now, a lot of his albums have been like that. It's like it's very like he'll sample a lot of beats that are very throwback, mm-hmm. and and it'll be just that same format. Okay, so I, so I, that's that's what I'm okay, saying. So I, now okay. when it comes to Jay Z and 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 Nas and, and one thing I, I I can applaud Nas, even though a lot of people have said like his, his beat selection sometimes can can suck. Nas has done a great job. At, <laughs> no, for real, Nas has done a great job at putting at, at like at um taking like huge risks and 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 working with with different 
completely different producers that will make his sound and his formats a lot different, right? And I think that's why a lot of people love King's Disease because it's like you wouldn't ever, nobody would ever think in the right mind a hip boy and a Nas together would come out with something that beautiful, and especially with how short that album is. Hmm. Admittedly, admittedly I didn't hear King's Disease. Well, okay. Well, you're no, and it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. Anyway, King's Disease. No, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna defend myself on this one. It's not because I'm not a Nas fan. It's because, like you said, he is shitty at picking beats, and he's had a plethora of albums of him just picking shitty beats. I'm not saying he's not the great artist of our time. Obviously, Nas is a legend, but when you have history of not picking the right beats for a fan, I'm just like. I will listen to I think album, that for a lot of fans. But I'd rather listen to this Drake album first because I know I'm going to get into it. Well, anyway, I'm go- I'm I, go- you know what I'm saying? I think King's Disease now can be arguably, arguably like a top five Nas album. I'm not saying it is, but it could be arguably because that's how okay. that's how cohesive the album was for 2020. Well, Goddamn, I'm going to check it out then. It was if very it cohesive. It wasn't super long, but that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think I think because Eminem is so successful. <clears throat> And he's a megastar. I think it's a lot more difficult. And that's another thing. Eminem hasn't really talked a lot about his life experiences since, like, post-recovery. That's just being real. He hasn't really said things in his lyrics that had that's had, like, a lot of, like, actual substance, in my opinion. Like, a lot of it will have great wordplay, great, like, metaphors. But I'm talking about, like, in terms of, like... Your personal growth in in I'm not saying he hasn't at all, but I'm just saying for the most part, compared to his other peers who have been in the game just as long, they have done a lot better at talking about their life. Okay, experience. I, okay, I feel like you're listening to his newer stuff on a very surface level because no, I'm not. No, 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 all the way what we usually would um, love. I can totally understand that. But to say that he hasn't said anything of substance, to say that he, has, he hasn't said anything. What is, all right, so what has he talked about in substance since then? I saw like the Snoop shit. So I, I heard, I heard the, what, what was the song? Uh, Zeus. On the Zeus. Outside of stuff like that, what has Eminem expressed that has been, oh my God, that made okay, me feel Okay, well, well, because of all of, the, all of the heavy stuff that he used to talk about back then, it will be, no, he listen, hasn't no, been no, 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 listen, li- no, listen, you, I would say, I would say this Eminem, the, the bearded Eminem, as people would say, the bearded Eminem is more focused on, on, on slaying the rap game, just kind of showing out. I know that, but that's, okay, be, okay, be, okay, that's no, but no, 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 but, no, but a lot of people don't, don't really con- like understand that concept. Like he's really trying to tackle this whole idea of truly emceeing and what truly emceeing is, is literally rocking out the mic and just hashing it out lyric wise and saying a lot of, th- saying a lot of rhymes and stuff like that, but still bringing a punch on it to make it all make sense. And I think a lot of people who just listen on the surface level and just hear him rhyming a bunch of words are not actually understanding what he's actually saying well, name, name a rapper who you think if they were white they'd be just as big if not bigger than eminem well enough is pretty big i that said is, name a rapper if they were white would be just as big if not bigger than well eminem. i can't say that because eminem was the only person that's kind of i know out but, like that's, that. but, but but that but it's a key factor so this is what i'm gonna say oh, no but no, no but that, mean, that, would, that means i would have to bring up a, a white rapper of now and say no i said like, no 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 i'm saying name a black rapper who you think if they had the exact same skill level the exact same mentality the exact same hunger if they were white they'd be just as big of as eminem if not bigger that's it was just so a, bring up, okay, a so simple bring up a question black, so, so bring up a black a, a black rapper who has 
that kind of stature right now. It doesn't matter. If they had the same hunger, same skill overall, like in general, like they have the respect, okay. the skill, they okay. have like, you know, okay. all the accolades. Okay. Who would be just as big as Eminem, if not bigger? Okay, let's see here. Because I can name off several. That's fantastic. I don't know. You name some. Yeah, because you, you see. No, you, no, 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 no. I'm not really understanding. You okay. can't have an honest no, conversation. No, I'm not, I'm, not really understand, <laughs> I'm not really understanding the question. It was very simple. Name <laughs> a black rapper if they were if, right. If they were right. They would be just as big as Eminem, if not bigger in terms of sales, in terms of respect, in terms of notoriety, in terms of longevity. They'd be just as big if, as Eminem if they had like the exact same uh, skill set. As he did, as he not had. necessarily just him, just like in their own in their own identity. Okay, but I don't know any rapper who has that same kind of skill set. But Pat, there's plenty of rappers who are just as good as Eminem lyrically. Name them, like I said, Busta Rhymes. No, Aaron. No, you mean hold on, hold on. Let's no. let's be. No, no, no. Let me finish. Let me finish. You mean to tell me right now, if if Busta Rhymes and Eminem were to go at it bar for bar, and they have before on a song, yeah. But, but no, no. But let's have be, you heard Calm Down? Yes, I have. But just okay. let's, no, let's be completely honest, though. If Eminem and Buster Rhymes were to go at it, you mean to tell me that uh, right off the bat we're just going to assume Eminem's going to win? No, I, and, okay, no, I don't just assume Eminem's going to win. What I, what I do is I look at the content, right, and then I go, and I make a subjective opinion after the content has been played. After I heard "Calm Down," I, I mean, yeah, it was a great song. They did their thing, but I didn't think. Buster Rhymes was like killing him. Well, this is my opinion. I think Buster. I think that he brought. No, no, no. no. I think. Oh, no, no, no. Actually, no. Okay, I know, I know, I know. Rap. Okay, I got one. I got one. I got one. Now, okay, you said Buster Rhymes. That's a good one. I think Royce. I think Royce. Right. I was gonna say Royce too. Royce. I think he's the only one. He's the black Eminem. I wouldn't say he's the only one. No, I think I, I'm gonna go. I'm still gonna have Buster up there. I think you can put Buster up there because because Buster up. has it raps just as fast as Eminem, mm-hmm. if not sometimes faster. Ooh. Buster still has the punchline and crooked and crooked. Those those are yeah, my two. but but voice crooked. But this but this is the thing though. Like I said, Buster has the hits just like Eminem. Only difference is that right. Eminem's white. Just Buster has the hits also for the club. So like that's right. what I'm saying. Buster is like, in my opinion, if Buster was white. I think Buster would be just as big as Eminem, if not bigger. Okay, here's what this is, and, and Buster still has a huge uh, white fan base. No, you're right, but this is where I think you're wrong because even though Buster does have those tops, he hasn't come out with an album. He has like a, a long he has a long um, duration of time of not come, releasing an album. That's not true. Is he had, no the the the, the, um, the the last one that he just he just dropped a few months yeah. ago. Okay, that was the album that that album dropped after what seven years. Yeah, I Something think you're like right, that. like five. Yeah, but that's just, yeah. that was like his first time ever doing that, though. That's literally like his first time ever, like, I, yeah, but, yeah, but project, was, yeah, but what I'm saying is that throughout the whole entire time, Eminem has still been pushing shit. But, but, but who has more albums, though? Busta Rhymes or Eminem? Yeah, that's what I thought. But no, I, thought and I'm, I'm going to look that up right now because they're about the same. Yeah. They're about the are, same. Are they really about the I know they're about the same. Actually, they probably, you probably right. You're probably about the yeah. same. Yeah. No, I, I think he, I think Busta has like 11 albums or something like That's that. That's what I'm saying. They're about the same. No, M has 13. I'm going to look him up right now. Go ahead. Actually, I, now, he, now he has 14 because he released the uh, side B. So it's probably like 14. Studio albums, Eminem has one, two, three, four, five. It's, they're saying 11, but I just want to make sure because sometimes people count things. Yeah, they don't, they don't count certain. not really albums. I, I would count infinite still. 
Yeah, I'll count Infinite. So Infinite, I'm just go off my head. So Infinite, some shady LP. My, uh, actually, no, one, two, three, four, five. Six, mm-hmm. seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, Eminem has eleven. I'm sorry if I just twelve. What's the last? Twelve. It's just eleven. But what's the last album listed for his? It's, it's music to be murdered by, including side B. Because side B would would be considered another album. No, I'm not going to do that. No, that side B is part of. Okay, music no, that's to be fair. That's by. fair. I'm not doing that's that. a fair no. argument. That's a fair argument. And Buster has Buster has ten. Okay, so he still has more. <laughs> what, but, but that's my know, point, though. They have, no, they have roughly right. the okay. same amount. Yeah, they have the same amount. All right. Okay. So okay. that's what I'm saying. Okay. I think, and Busta has like a few classics too. And Busta was on Aftermath too. No, and Busta, for sure. No, so Busta. Busta's legendary. I think, I think definitely one thousand percent. If Busta was white, he'd be just as big as Eminem, if not bigger. Um, especially with how goofy he is, and you have to consider the fact this. And so, and I say all that to say this. Um, the reason why I bring Buster was white, he would be just as big as Eminem. I think so, if not bigger. I definitely think so. Um, you know what? And this is actually, and this, you're and changing, you're, no, you changing my mind a little bit. I would actually agree with you because yeah, if, um, I, no, if, I, if, I, if a white rapper came into the game with his skill set, with Buster Rhyme skill set and Buster Rhyme bars, and came out in the same era as and and it, keep in mind, let's say if Buster has for the most part the the. Uh, the same career But he's white So he's, sure. say he's still working with uh, A Tribe Called Quest yeah. um, Like he, they put him on Yeah um, Okay yeah that nature He'll probably be neck and neck With him probably Yeah I think Because you're talking about A white boy who can spit fast yeah, like that I think he's going to be Just his, as big his brand bigger. is spitting fast yeah. yeah And he still has long hair So and all that thing's going on That would be funny Like a white guy <laughs> with long Like No but for real Like I think it's Yeah so and he's still being like it's artsy with like you know he's he's wearing like different mm-hmm. colored eye, eye contacts and working with Janet Jackson in his music videos sure. and having like the most unique video music videos of all time. Right. I absolutely think that Busta Rhymes would be just as big as Eminem if not bigger. One thousand okay. percent. Now, okay. Now, I say all that to say this. I think to back to my point of music evolution. I think because Eminem has, I think also that that the things have. That contributed to Eminem's like, like his uh, his some of his he gets his issues with just evolving his sound. In my opinion, ha- have been the fact that a because he's a megastar. He, in my opinion, that just comes with a lot of yes men. When you're a megastar, I think there's going to be a lot of people who just they're going to yeah. tell you stuff that they yeah they're going to tell you stuff that you like to hear yeah. more so than being honest with you. Yeah. B, I think that when Eminem uh, went through his 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 relapse. And he was recovering from his drug addiction and stuff like that. I definitely think that that uh, that impacted um, his overall just his 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 mindset. With a pro- I think basically when he came back from his relapse, he basically had to come back because he, he even admitted like I had to reteach myself in yeah. a lot of ways, like how to rap, right. like how to approach it. Right. So I think that kind of altered some things musically in terms of just like how he'll approach the song in the beginning. I think like in the beginning he'll approach the song a lot differently than he did prior to him going on his in his. Uh, I think that's a fair addiction. assessment. Yeah, and then third, and then third, I would say like. Um, I said what he, Megastar I said his his relapse and then yeah third I would say like I said it's just more so just the the collaborations because even though Eminem 
is has been putting out a whole bunch of music i commend him for that but i still think like there's so many people i would love to hear eminem work with yeah still. okay so oh, there's so many different sounds that right. i've yet to hear from eminem yes. like 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 i would love like before before chester bennington passed away i would have loved to hear a lincoln park eminem song yeah, so I would love to hear. I mean, honestly, if Eminem and, and MGK weren't beefing, I would love to hear that track. Yeah, you know, you know, I think, I think the, I think you see where I'm going. No, I, see, I see what you're going with. Yeah, so you're saying like a lot of his career choices kind of affected the the um, the outcomes of certain projects. And now he's that, like I said, Eminem because he's in control a lot of his music now because he's so rich and successful. And he's like the best white rapper ever and one of the best rappers ever it's just that it's at this point now where he's just like if i don't like you if i don't feel like it's a point of me making this song with you i'm not and that's in that when he, and he's even said like in his interviews like i've made all the songs that i want to make so now i'm just rapping for the respect i don't agree with him with that statement eminem said like i've made all the songs that there is to make and that's why now i'm just making albums just and just getting better because i just i'm just doing it now for the respect i don't agree with him when he says that I went thousand percent. Okay, well, 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 let's back up a little bit. I, because you brought up the part about um about him not you know collaborating with a lot of people. I think he's learned his lesson after releasing Revival because after that rollout, he's still bitter about it. I mean, he was still. T- but that's why I think the Yes Men have been. Yeah, I, yeah, for I think him. Yes Men did play a part in, in a project like that. And I think now he's starting to like take a little bit seriously some of that criticism, which is why Kamikaze sounded one thousand times different. And I think going from from that to different albums going forward, I think he's trying. He's still trying to like maintain a different type of sound to maintain his relevance. But as far as skill goes, you know, you can't. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I know he's like probably he's he's definitely top tier when it comes to skill. Like I I, I put Eminem in my top five in terms of just skill, like mm-hmm. actual. Skill. Like I personally think that Eminem still has the capability to go in the booth and make another yeah. Eminem show if he really wanted to. But that's not. But that's not realistically what's been happening, right? Like, I definitely think he could go in the booth, make another Eminem show similar or something along those lines, where it has a lot of substance, a lot of growth, and just different sounds. But the issue is that I think because he has so many uh, yes men and a lot of things, and he hasn't really been, uh, he hasn't had like the right producer mindset, in my opinion. Like, he hasn't had the right because produ- a producer is what, right? A producer is a person where it's not just about the beat they're going to get the right feature they're going to get the right guitar strings they're going to get the right piano yeah, they're, chord. Respons- they're responsible for the sound right in my opinion but 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 you in my opinion the artist upon themselves they kind of have to have a, somewhat of produ- of a good producer hat right and i think that's why royce royce's albums his last two albums have been so phenomenal because royce has has an excellent like producer working with the right type of people mindset and i think eminem but you know you taught him how to do that right Huh? You know who taught Royce how to make beats? DJ Premier. No. <laughs> no, it was. No, it was. No, Eminem actually got him into, into making No, no, no. He, he introduced him to it, but, but I'm talking about like his last album. No, his, that, yeah, his last album lot, sounded fantastic. A lot, lot of that he got help from uh, DJ Premier because him and DJ Premier are part of Prime. Wait, wait, yeah. But, but my, point, my, point is that, my point is that Royce has the right mindset to make a record come out and it sounds great. It sounds flawless. And, and more importantly, it's a lot different and it's a lot more refreshing and evolved. I think Eminem doesn't know how to do that. And if he does know how to do that, I think he has the wrong people in his ear giving him advice about how to like, do yeah, it. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. 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 Him, and, him and Kanye sort of have the same problem. 
in a lot of ways when it comes to music as of late. No, I agree. Right? Like, they have too many yes men because they're mega stars and stuff like that. They have, like, the wrong people in their ear telling them how to make music. Right. In my opinion, like I said, when you get to that level, you just have to figure out a way to to capture that obsessiveness that you originally had for your music and and grow from it. That's why I think why Drake is, is so successful. Drake is a mega star, too, but Drake is still putting out really, really, really great music. And I think it's because... Drake, I think, is humble enough, and he has the, and more importantly, he has the right people in his corner telling him mm-hmm. what's what. And I think Forty is an excellent producer. I think Forty is one of the best producers I've heard. He's just an excellent producer. And I think Forty is giving him really honest feedback. And another thing is that, well, this is what I should have said about the Eminem thing. This is the last thing I'll say. It's personality. I think Eminem. And Kanye's personalities have been definitely off-putting to a lot of people, right? And as, and I think they they would even admit that. I think Eminem has been a lot more reclined to just work with just anybody. Like they're a lot more they're they're, they're more pickier. They're a lot more close-minded in terms of who they're going to consider to work with. I think one of the good things about Royce and about um yeah like Royce and uh who else Drake. They are a lot. More, they, in my opinion, are a lot more open-minded in just in terms of their personalities. In terms of yeah, wanting Drake to, got a year for a lot of shit. Yeah, in terms in terms of just wanting to I work. Think th- I think that's why he's been able to maintain his his. his yeah, but his top and also their personalities are stuff. very welcoming. Like, yeah, right, I would love to the work with. Approachability of music. Is yeah, good. like Kanye and Eminem. When you think of them just on the surface, nobody. I don't think everybody in the in different genres are like, oh yeah. Outside of like their names, right, of their reputation, but I don't think more people are like, yeah, actually, like genuinely would like to, you know. Mm. You get what I'm saying? No, I see, they're, I see they're like, saying. I, I want to. I, I, I definitely want to work with you because you're just a good person. Yeah. I don't think people are looking at them like that. But I think when people see Drake and they see like uh, Pharrell, just off personality, they, they they look at them as good people. Like I genuinely want to work with you just because you're a good person. No, no offense, but I think that definitely is is an issue as well. I think in the music business, it's all about relationships. I think with a lot of the people Eminem has dissed, I think with a lot of the things Kanye has said. It's it's disallow it's it, it's caused their image to be off putting to a lot of people. Oh, you're making good points. So God I think it. I think that's God another thing. And even God and I and one of the reasons I give him that, that one of the things that gives me that mindset is that even Joe Budden has has admitted. He said like one of the reasons why I didn't work with a lot of great rappers is because my my personality and the <laughs> things I've said were very off putting. And it's made spe- and it's caused me to lose. A lot of features on yeah. a lot of great records that you guys would have gotten mm-hmm. that you know had I not been beefing with some of these people. Well, saying, saying well, some well, of these well here's things. the thing: I, I think I think the beef sometimes can play uh, a positive a positive part in your in, in your career. But to what you said, I do think that because of the personalities, you know, yeah. Eminem isn't. Um, and I can say this as a fan: I don't think he's the most the most approachable. Yeah, even when he had that whole uh, you know few years of just. Kind of living under a rock is what we like to say, and hasn't been coming yeah. out with shit, or, or it sounded like he's out of touch with stuff. You know, I think revival was like the turning point of him actually saying, you know what? Even if he was living under a rock, I'm gonna go out and and try to make friends. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I mean, he- hearing him in a boogie with a hoodie track, I wouldn't have probably bet in a million years that that was something that was gonna happen. But that only happened because. It- Boogie signed to M, so he's no, I, I know, but I mean, the, but I'm, what I'm saying this is that for M to actually go out and scout out a person like Boogie and say, "I like your shit," to- I don't even think that was the case. If I'm, being I, I may not have been the case, but I, I'm, I think that Eminem is, is now trying, but because he's so inept from the actually, I have, a, I have a hunch. I think <coughs> what with with the, with the demise of Slaughterhouse, 
and then with Yellow Wolf being in the process of leaving Shady Records, right. I right. think Eminem and Paul Rosenberg got together like, hey, how can we rebrand our label and put out great content and let's learn from our mistakes right. of Slaughterhouse and Yellow Wolf, and I think they got Boogie. Yeah, Boogie is is he's one of the best rappers that have come out. Boogie is excellent. I think that was a very smart sign. And with Eminem sliding Griselda uh, with uh, um, Conway the Machine and, and West Side Gun. Yeah, Conway's nice. That, I think that was p- all part of their rebrand. I think Conway's nice. I think, and, but Boogie, <coughs> he's been consistent. Boogie, in 2019, in my opinion, still had like a top five rap album that year. I'm going to say it. I'm going to go and say mm. it. The album was phenomenal. Um, the sounds, all that. And Boogie is an artist. It's an artist. Like he... I think the West has some of the best artists that have come out as of late, and Boogie is an artist's artist. Like he'll he'll actually sit down and give you a a fully co- cohesive album and not missing a lick. And it's very honest. He doesn't have to be super lyrical, miracle, but he's still lyrical. And it's and it still has like a West Coast sound, but he'll he'll add like a lot of R and B elements to it, and it's beautiful. So I think that was a very wise. I think that was one of. I think that this might have been Eminem's in terms of like actual like per- career progression and actually like longevity in terms of i think this 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 artist actually might win a grammy someday i think this is eminem's best signing outside of like 50 in terms of talent mm-hmm. i really do i cut because yellow wolf wasn't gonna win no you know grammy i'm just be honest yellow wolf even though he was great he wasn't gonna win no grammy I mean, after after love story uh i, I would yeah say he wasn't gonna win no grammy <laughs> right um and, and like, but I'm not. I'm not just saying. I'm not just because Grammys could be very skewed. But you get what I'm saying. So you, you get what I'm saying. Like his yeah, recognition no, I, yeah. is, is not the same. So right. I think Boogie though it has that potential, and he's still young. So I'm excited for him. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. Um, but that I guess kind of segues. I mean, I guess into our next topic when I was gonna bring up the the clubhouse. Yeah, you brought up you brought up Clubhouse. So you said yeah. So Clubhouse is a is a new app. Um, I love it so far. Um, of course it's starting to get an iPhone. Man. It's starting to get flack <laughs> because of the fact that some people are just saying like they don't like how some people just think they know everything and they kind of talk a lot of bullshit, which is true. Wait, wait, hold, wait. What do you mean? Like people are like just regular? Like, you, like on Twitter, there's been a, like there've been like a lot of memes about Clubhouse. Cause, like this is how people act when they're on Clubhouse, and they'll show somebody like impersonating like a girl, a black girl, being like. Yeah, because I'm just in this perfect place right now. So I'm just really trying to collaborate with like other mindsets to get me going and to really put myself out there because I've been trying to start my own cosmetics line. And <laughs> it's been great, but there has not been that right push in that right direction. And I think by some of these panelists talking about those experiences and talking about some of those pitfalls that we can work on, I think will help me get me and my Instagram page to the right. You know, like they've been making like a lot of memes right, like that. Right. Basically, so they're, they're like overselling themselves. Yeah, or just people who kind of talk overly artsy and shit. It's funny yeah. though. But I love Clubhouse in the sense where it's like you can, especially because it's still kind of fairly small, even though it's starting to blow up, you can – um you can connect with people who you, whom you would not otherwise connect with um, if that app had not been there. And more importantly, right. you can actually listen to them live. So you can't record you can't record the conversations, or you can you're at risk of getting banned and stuff like so that. So and so the app essentially takes out the gatekeeping. And, yeah, and now don't get me wrong, people still do it, but for the most part, if you do that, you're you're gonna get suspended, right? You're gonna your account for the most part is gonna get suspended or whatever. Um, so the app has done a great job at like pinging your your account if they if they see you do you you screen rec- recording. So what's been the best uh, 
I guess clubhouse you've been to so far. Like I said, so this one, the the Source magazine so far definitely has been the best one. The room I've been in. So I would say about two weeks ago, all the editors from the Source, um, one of the editors he hosted the the Source room and basically he invited the founder David Mays and all the editors who were working on the Source in the '90s, all the way up until like the early 2000s, right? And it was phenomenal. I was I was in the room for about two and a half three hours just because of how powerful it was in terms of them talking about a lot of shit that I think all hip hop fans would appreciate if the, if you've been mm-hmm. rocking with hip hop for a while since like the 90s or if you're like a 90s baby. So they were talking about. Did he explain what happened to the source? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I was, so one of the things I love is that David May shared about like why he kind of lost the source and why he had to like sell it. He basically said yeah. that when the dot com bubble occurred, um, they didn't. They he couldn't he couldn't predict how big the dot com bubble was going to be. He couldn't predict how Facebook was going to take over, how Twitter, like and Naps, you know, all that stuff was happening. All the social the, media. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. He knew about it, but he said basically what ended up happening was. Instead of, in a nutshell, instead of him kind of taking all those apps and social media a little bit more seriously, he took a loan out for about $15 million and invested it back into making more buildings. And then he eventually made like his own website. But mm. at that time, you know, the social media apps were and were, were taken over. The dot coms were taken over. And he didn't he said he, he could have invested a lot more into that. And he admitted that he kind of dropped the ball in that area. Right. Mm. Um and so he started losing. Uh, yeah, but, he, but he said, but he said in his defense, like nobody could have predicted. He said that's what's so crazy about because because you, you have to keep in mind like technology. Yeah, yeah, you have to keep in mind like but like he was in charge of the source for roughly fifteen years before that right. happened. So you have to keep in mind like he was probably going off of his own consistency of being successful, and then he probably was like, "I'm doing good right now, so why why you know if it's not broke, why fix it, right?" But so his point was that like you can't really sometimes predict the next big thing coming. He said, like, that's what, and he brought up, like, yeah, nobody knew Twitter would be this big or Facebook would be this big, right? Or, I damn sure never or Snapchat, you know? At so, all. but I, I think that was, that was a good thing that he touched on. Then he also touched on, like, how the mic source, him and the others talked on the mic source about, like, the mic ratings of, like, the the, the five mic rating system, how that caused a lot of controversy. <laughs> that, that's what caused a lot of rappers. To, I want my five mics, man. Yeah, a lot of the editors. I want my mic, man. You gave me four mics. I want five. I think the the, the main editor, I think her name is Kim Ozario. I think her, her name is. She was one of the key editors, and she was talking about a time where um, she got approached by Cameron and Joel Santana at a club in Harlem because mm. – she gave them a review that they weren't happy with. And she said, like, stuff like that happened, like, often. And, and the other, other editors were basically ushering the same sentiments about how when they would make these reviews in the streets, they would get approached, right? Like, they would go to, like, these parties, like, you know, in the streets or at that club, like, in their, in their, in their respective hoods, and they would get approached by some of these rappers. And, and then um, they said, like, that's one thing that, like, nowadays – hip-hop bloggers don't really have to worry about because of social media. Like, now, social media has been, like, a, 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 a gate between a lot of shit like that happening, right? Because back then, social media wasn't as big, everything was kind of, like, real life. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, so people right. would approach you in real life, you know? So that was very interesting. And then they also talked about, like, like I think my favorite story that they brought up was, like, the interesting about how Macklemore ended up... Uh, 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 being picked over J. Cole for one of their covers and everybody had an issue with it because at the time, J. Cole just, I think, signed to Rock Nation. He was the first artist signed to Rock Nation 
And because mm. um, Macklemore just kind of broke up into the scene and was starting to get, you know, a buzz and he was white and they knew it could possibly sell a little bit more. For whatever reason, J. Cole ended up not getting the cover of the source and Macklemore did. And they said, was the, this around the time? This is when they the said this time, happened. Right? And it was crazy that they said this happened in like. I think they said 2009, 2010. Yeah, that's around the heist was. Yeah, they said like this was like yeah. So that was interesting, and they said that. Uh, I thought that was very interesting because if if mm. if you know J Cole's history, he got signed to Jay Z's The Rock Nation in like 0809, mm-hmm. right? 0809. Right. So I thought that was interesting, and then they they talked about how the Houston had an issue with it because the source was one of the only companies where it wasn't corporate driven. Like it was very like even David May said this. He said like when I was when I was ahead of it. We had nobody working there over the age of 25. So all our writers, most of them didn't even have college degrees or some of them were still in college. But, uh, but a lot of them we hired like right out of high school and stuff like that. So that's what gave it that fresh feel, right? Like that fresh urban feel. Cause a lot of these kids were from. They were, like, they were actually from the. the yeah. And a lot of the, they, those, they listened to the music. Yeah. And a were, lot of the kids were huge fans of hip hop. So they were like either from like the, their respective boroughs in New York or just New Yorkers who were huge fans of hip hop. Mm. So I thought that was deep. And he just, t- they touched <laughs> on a lot of other things with like, like I loved how David Mays talked on. The, the, the killing of Tupac is what led to the demise of a lot of these black male uh, CEOs not being in fully in charge of um, their record labels anymore, like Bad Boy, No Limit Records, um, well, Death Row, Death Row. Um, Cash Money. Uh, what, so how did that, like, so what happened? So, he, so David Mays basically said, and Murder, Inc., right? David Mays basically said that um, after the killing of Tupac, which is very interesting. Actually, let me take it back to Suge first, right? Suge Knight and the Source Awards. Suge Knight and the Source Awards, from my understanding, is that that's what led to the Source being the Source in terms of like everybody. It was like their breakout. Mm-hmm. It was like their breakout yeah. uh, uh, moment. When when Suge came on the Source Awards and he said what he said about all in the videos. All in the videos. You know, and then all that <laughs> happened. Death row. That year was the pivotal moment for for the source in terms of they became a lot more notable and also they they were were, were reporting to have like millions of dollars of, of, of revenues after because that, that the source broke like records that year in terms right. of like the most people watching it and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And then shortly after that, fast forward to Tupac being killed. Um. Unfortunately, that that ended up with a lot of investigations on a lot of different record labels. That I wasn't even privy to, right? So, mm. so he's brought that up. He said, like, literally everybody was getting investigations, and he said, like, and he kind of like implied it, but basically he said Murder Inc was under investigation, Bad Boys was under investigation. He so, said, all, so all the hip hop labels. Yeah, he said almost all the hip hop labels much. were under. He said I just annual vis- investigation, FBI. Yeah, like they were going in, like, yeah, what yeah. y'all doing up in here? And like, he said that. Why do you um, call yourself Murder Inc? Are you trying to? And he said, and he said that's why a lot of these artists got off is because a lot of these these accusations was just. Just flat out bullshit. Right. So, um, mm. he basically said that, that he basically said that um, when that happened, the government wants to t- to be more of a key contributor and have a lot more control of of the music labels, and they basically want to corporatize the music labels that we now see today, right? And which is no one to gentrify the hip hop label. Right. And so he said, now you, you go from these labels being solely being run by successful black and, and Hispanic men. Now they 
have to now they're like a lot more corporatized and have like all these partnerships and and different things of that nature. And it's mm. not solely ran by just black I and see. Hispanic men, right? I see. Which I thought was very interesting. So he said after the killing of Tupac, he said that's when this down the downward spiral of the source began. Not just the hip hop blessed, but the source to be particular, right? Oh. Tupac got killed. Tupac got killed. Mm-hmm. That's when the source was even he I think he even said the source was under investigation at one point. But that's when like the 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 moment where the source started losing its momentum. It, start, it started to change. Yeah, cause because they started demonizing hip hop. Now yeah, now he said prior to that, what people don't understand is that like he said when the source first came out, People magazine, all these white magazines, like People magazine, Seventeen magazine, right. whatever fucking magazine, ESPN, Sports Illust- Sports Illustrated, none of them were fucking with the source magazine. Because it was hip hop, they said like nobody was fucking with hip hop at the time. Like nobody, like all these yeah, yeah. these white media outlets was like, who the fuck is y'all? And right. he, he said basically after the Source Awards with with Shug, everybody wanted to know who the fuck the Source was from that point, right? So I thought that was very interesting. I thought that was very interesting. And then when he said that the 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 demise of Tupac is what shifted everything and what led to the investigations happening a lot of these successful black men kind of being run out of their own business or forcing themselves to now partner with these other corporations and stuff because they had a lot of government backings and different things of that nature mm-hmm. i thought was very telling so it sounds like with that story that's a, that's a very interesting story it sounds like and that's what, not even all the nuggets i'm sharing this right. is all that i'm, I'm just giving you yeah, all the stuff that's off top yeah, of my but head. what you but said yeah. it, it sounds like he because they had like that street element which was yeah. bringing in a lot of traffic for his for his uh for his company. It sounded like after that whole hip hop beef happened with with Pac and he, you know, passed from that, a lot of the new corporate uh, the new corporate guys kind of came in and took and were trying to take out that street element to yeah. try to make it more like a like a. Um, they basically did what uh, what happened to Allen yeah. Iverson in like, the like, NBA, like a Rolling Stones label almost. They yeah. tried to make it more so like that. A yeah, little bit. that's why they said. And David Mays he said that's why now hip hop can be argued to be pop music now. He said at first it wasn't like that, right? Like at mm-hmm. first hip hop was more for the. He's like he said the source was all about making it reflective of the streets and the culture and like New right. York City, like that very urban element. Yeah. Now hip hop has evolved from that, right? So which is a good thing in a lot of ways. But he, his point is that. Part of that is because a lot of different partnerships and corporate companies came in into play, and they want to take that street element, like you said, out yeah, of it. Yeah, and, and and to be honest with you, I, I don't I don't agree with with what the corporations did because right. I feel like even though hip hop, you could say is I mean they're saying it could be, it could be considered pop music. I think for what it sounds that that on paper, yeah, that sounds great. But I think the the fundamentals of hip hop comes from the streets. That that grimy, dirty. The issue I have with it is is that feeling of, of yeah. Music. The issue I have yeah. is that a lot of times corporations they try to distill blackness, right? They well, try, yeah, because they, they take they take yeah. they take the color of black and they add different elements to it to make the black not as black. Well, I, I would now I would no, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. I think what it is is that because. There's a there's a lot of there's a lot of pugnacious energy within the black culture. Admittedly, there's right? A, there's a lot of that, and, and I feel like a lot of times when you go into business with that kind of energy, it sometimes doesn't go in the right way. It's like, right. I mean, Fifty Cent talked about this a lot in his book, where he said like, when you come from the streets and you get into these business meetings with that's white a good folk, point. They, they brought up Fifty then Cent you, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you bring up, you you still have that street mentality and that street persona. You're gonna lose out on a lot of money. No, but the source they brought up Fifty Cent too. That's actually a good point. They did bring up Fifty Cent about how, like, <coughs> you know, 
with Supreme being in charge of 50 and all that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and then leading up until, like, unfortunately, uh, his death. Um, mm-hmm. Well, not, uh, yeah, I think that's his name. Um, the dude from, yeah, Jam Master J's death, right? And then leading that up until, like, the beef, when you started seeing a lot more rap beefs happening in New York. Right. Right? Like, right. a lot of that stemmed from, you know, once these labels started getting these investigations like Murder Inc. and and Death Row and ba- like that's what kind of it led it basically it it, it led to um, a divided we fall approach in New York City, which is in, which is the mecca of hip hop, right? So you know, united we stand, divided we fall. Once these investigations and, and these and, and the killing of Tupac happened, and Tupac was a New Yorker as well, right. um, that ultimately led to uh, is it, it what we see today, right? <laughs> right now, now you see every label fucking over. I mean, labels are always fucking each uh, fucking over artists, but now you see it like it's a lot more blatant now. Yeah. Not now you see, you know, it, it it's just it was very. He had a very interesting. And then uh, they started talking about Londell, right? The the lawyer for um, the source at the time, and how he kind of fucked over a lot of the, the editors who worked there in terms of like promotions. And w- one of the reasons why the source ended up losing its uh, its its uh, its its control mm-hmm. from David Mays is because Londell had a huge reason to do with that. And they talking about how Londell started like not listening to a lot of the editors in terms of like the Macklemore and the uh J. Cole situation. That was like a Londell call. Mm. Um and w- and this was after the, the the corporation guys took over. But yeah, yeah, cause this you have okay. to keep in mind this Macklemore and J. Cole situation happened oh nine. So he was basically they were talking about how like Londell was basically running the company at this time mm-hmm. and uh he basically was like he he was one of the main because because Londell at that point he he had the key stake in the source right so David Mays oh I see you know he's he's not as he's not as as in control of the source as he once was yeah. so Londell so has Londell more control so yeah so he's <laughs> like no we're taking off J Cole we're putting Macklemore right and that's gonna be that so that so they said like it was it was a lot, slowly but surely a lot of the source was losing its original uh, it was losing traffic. It was losing its. It was. It was it's not just that, but it was losing its original um, purpose about what it was about, right? Like it was losing its purpose in terms of what its key elements was about in terms of reflecting the streets and the core of hip hop, right? Because David Mays, I don't think if he's in that position, he's replacing. He's taking J. Cole off that cover. I, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's. Yeah. I think that's what they were because, saying. I mean, if you think, because you think yeah. about the heist. It was a good album. The highest is not, but it's not source. It's not cover yeah, material. It's, it's not a source. It'll be wrong. It'll get covered in the source, but it's but not it's, source it's cover. Off-brand. It's very off brand. Yeah, it's you not know? the source cover material. If you, you listen know? to that album, it's yeah. not the source cover material. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't think and it has nothing to do with the fact right. That now, right. now, keep in mind, even though people had, had yeah, even though people had issues with the highest, the highest is still, in my opinion, a great I album. Love the, I love that. I wasn't even mad when honestly won the the Grammy. Honestly, even though Kendrick definitely should have had more Grammys, I do think that Macklemore should have had. At least one Grammy from that album, yeah, just from like thrift shop or whatever. Some of just because songs. that album broke records, right? Like the yeah. album was like it, thrift shop at the time. I think was like they said like it was the it was the uh, the most sold song from an independent rap artist in the last two decades mm-hmm. from an independent yeah. artist. 
right? Yeah. I thought that was phenomenal. So I definitely think Macklemore should have gotten some kind of award, but it definitely wasn't no Good Kid, Mad City. You feel me? No, with no. executive produced yeah. by Dr. Dre with Mary J. Blige on it, all that yeah. shit. So, but anyway, but yeah, that album. If you listen to the album, it's great, but it's I don't think it's source cover material. Mm-hmm. I think that's what. Uh, I, were, I think that's what David Mays and the others and the editors were basically yeah. saying. Like, it, you know, when Londell took over, the source wasn't, it didn't have that same New York street element that it yeah. once had. Right? So that came with this pros and cons. But yeah, so I thought that was a fun thing. So yeah, check out Clubhouse if you can. Um, I'm gonna they did that. say that, like, as Clubhouse gets bigger, they're basically going to only fans it. And what I mean by that is that they're going to eventually. Like you're gonna have to charge. It's gonna you 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 have to pay to be in some of these rooms or to subscribe to some of these speakers to listen to what they're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Like that that room I was in with David Mays. I definitely think that room should have, you know, not been free because <laughs> there was only twelve twelve hundred of us in there, but it wow. was they were talking about a lot of shit, right? Like a lot of shit mm-hmm. that you would not that I wouldn't have gotten nowhere else. Okay. A lot of deep shit. Um, with yeah. the beefs, with with the contracts, with with the editors sharing the source, and then also where the source is now. Like one of the yeah. art, one of the editors was talking about, "Hey, I'm not gonna allow y'all to talk shit about the source because the source is now paying for me and my family and blah 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 and all the." And, but like David Mays has to step in, like, "Look, my G, like I, I respect that, but you're talking about a source where it's now I'm not part of it anymore. Londell's running it, and I'm glad that you still hold up the brand." as a pillar and a torch and you're carrying that torch, but you have to understand like we all come from different experiences. You know what I'm saying? And I'm glad that Londo helped you out, you know, since I left, but at the same time, little homie, like, it's, it's, you know, because the source has definitely still helped people, like with Lil Baby from the guy yeah, who was sharing yeah, the story. Like, he, like every, it's like Lil Baby, Jeezy. Yeah. He said, like, uh, any well, PR push I mean, is always going to be good for somebody. Yeah, but, I mean, for um, sure. but yeah, so I thought that was interesting. So, but yeah. Wow. I guess we can move on to the next topic. That was a good. Well, if you if you, if you see anybody selling iPhones for twenty bucks, let me know, and I'll because I'm trying to still cop that shit. So I guess being stingy with the Android. yeah. Um, one of the things that got me thinking is that like so, uh, so in the source, one thing I think I loved is that they talked about how like a lot of their editors and writers were just straight out of high school. Mm-hmm. Right, so they didn't go to journalism school. They didn't do none of that. They just kind of got their experience working for the source and writing articles about diplomats, right? Jim Jones, like just like because they were so huge fans, they would make their their, which is great because you know you're you're employing all these these kids from 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 clo- different the, hoods. They're, they're close to the ground. Yeah, and, and yeah. not only that, you're giving them a resume to put in their back. Like, yeah, I was a writer for the source, yeah. and I didn't even go to college. You know, that's yeah. dope. But anyway, I kind of want to talk about like our education system because, um, and like why I think we don't like it. I think like, and what we don't like about it. I think uh, what gave me this idea is that I was watching The Wire not too long ago. And there was this episode, I think it's season four, where the kid with the braids, I forget it's Neiman. Yeah, season four. Yeah, Neiman. Yeah. When he goes No, I think that's season three. I think No, 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 it's not season. It's definitely not season three. This is like season four or five. I think it's season five, if I'm being honest though. Um but anyway. My, okay. There's a there's a there's an episode where Neiman he has to when he's underneath the uh 
the, the like the uh, the uh, he's like in the bad class, like the the class with the all class the class where all the bad kids, the right? Attention kids go to. Yeah, so basically, like all the kids who are like always getting fights, they have to go to this class. I live there, little nigga. So basically, they're not really even like learning anything. They're just sitting there, just trying to be contained because right. you know, the teacher, the the school systems just sees them sees them as animals. Mm-hmm. So what ends up happening is that. Uh, one of the police officers who's like a part time like, uh, he does he he's like a part time like security for the for the school. He's like the he ends up be, ends up being Neiman's like guardian, mm-hmm. the 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 police yeah. officer, the black captain or whatever. But anyway, he does this experiment about he brings in like a a psychologist, but he ends up just instead of them they're talking about actual like school at times right. he brings in this experiment in terms of asking them about the streets right about like what have they learned in the streets um and 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 when they're explaining themselves he tries to compartmentalize that with learning mm-hmm. basically because he'll be like uh one of the i remember when he asked them like so what what ends up happening to like snitches? They get got, and why is it important not to snitch? And, and, and the whole entire classroom just like gives like an explanation about why snitching is bad and why they won't ever snitch and why they don't talk to police. And he starts asking them other questions like, um, like how long do you expect to live? And they're and they're all giving their different answers about like why right. they don't expect to see past twenty one and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And then they start asking like, um, where do you see yourself? In ten years, in terms of making money, and they talk about like the drug game or like right. whatever, right? And I thought it was very eye opening. That's why I love this show. But it, I thought it was very <laughs> eye opening because the kids basically exposed what was fucked up about education without exposing what was fucked up about education, right? In a weird way. Okay. They did that by basically saying like, outside of school, we're getting a learning experience. Outside of outside of school, we're getting um, skills. Yeah, good or bad, we're getting skills outside. We're getting life of here. skills that we can. We're use. getting life skills outside of here. Yeah, here, why should uh, while we're at this school, why should we be taking this shit seriously when it's not teaching us anything right. about life in terms mm-hmm. of life skills? Right. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was powerful, especially when you think of like how school traditional schooling is is definitely. It's catered. Not only is the the curriculum catered to more white institutions and white kids, it's also like it's not even preparing a lot of kids to just be successful and happy once they're out of school. So I kind of want to just talk about like the school system and kind of what we like, what we think of it, like what we didn't like about it, and like what we thought of that episode more, first and foremost. Because I thought that shit was powerful. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll let you go. So I I thought when I when I. Because I love the show as well. It's one of my greatest, it's one of the greatest shows of all time, in my opinion. Um, I think that scene, what it did, I mean, it showed a good contrast between you know, the the norm and the not so norm. You know what I'm saying? Because what you have is what the scene pretty much wanted to show was pretty much what's going on with these kids. I think one of the good, one of the powerful things that uh, Andrew Yang said when he was running for president was that. A lot of the, these kids in the inner cities who are not uh, succeeding in school, you know, it's not necessarily really because, you know, the – I mean, yeah, part of it plays in the school system, but the school system only, you know, accounts for like 13% of that. 
kids who are raised in rough-ass neighborhoods, you know, that's like the 70, 80% of it. Those are the main reasons why a lot of these kids don't, you know, elevate in school because they're dealing with so many other bullshit at home, whether it's at the house or just outside of school. And so when you go, in, when you go, into, these, go, go into a school dealing with a kid who is like a little difficult to deal with, they like to, uh, you know, say like the kid is just, you know, bad. Like they, they, like they point at the kid like he's just this, this omen antichrist that just came into the school to fuck shit up instead of kind of like uh, understanding that there's something deeper that's going on. I think what that scene does is actually shows these young kids kind of just venting about their lives and their real lives. And I think what makes it a little bit heartbreaking is even though they're talking about life experiences that they're learning, they're like optimistic about living life on those terms that's inevitably going to put him in jail today. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I yeah. think, and, and, and I, you see on the, on the commissioner's face, he's kind of like smiling because these kids are actually warming up, sharing the stories. But I think the, on the flip side of it, I think the whole ethos of that scene kind of just shows the tragedy that, you know, at some form, at some point, when it comes to these neighborhoods, we're failing our kids. Right. Like the education system is not taking into account that these kids are broken and they're coming from broken homes. Right. They're just kind of like expecting them to like that, that one white kid in the class is kind of like trying to do it. I think. Uh, 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 I don't think they had a white kid. No, that's there. another movie. I'm sorry. That's another movie. That's a whole other movie. <laughs> whole other movie. Different, different. Um, I'm thinking Freedom Riders. Sorry. Uh, but anyways, when they uh while they're talking to these kids, um, there's a lot of uh, there's a, there's a there's a lot of concern about like their you know why are these kids acting up in school and stuff like that and I, and I think you know it's powerful to kind of just like to see like how the world outside of school is messing us up and how the school system uh, needs to. Uh, figure out a way to like adjust for that and help these kids kind of recover from that kind of stuff. I think it's just a safe haven. I think it should be a safe I haven. I feel like I feel like for a lot of people, school is not necessarily a safe haven for a lot of kids. For some kids, is it is right? But I think sometimes school isn't. When I mean my safe haven, yes, it's safe for most kids. But I, let for me be more specific. Part. Comfortable. I don't think school is is comfortable for a lot of kids. I don't think. I think a lot of kids, when they go to school, I don't think most of them are comfortable sharing stuff with their teachers or comfortable right. wanting to just stay in a class yeah. and just wanting to, like, have fun and learn. I think a lot yeah. of kids struggle with that because for different numbers of reasons, just outside of just, like, neighborhoods. But I think that's one of the reasons why, like, I love, like, what LeBron, not to change the subject, but I like, I like, like with, like, how LeBron created, like, his own school academy in Ohio and the curriculum is just definitely catered to like that neighborhood in terms of just like yeah. not only are are all these kids are going to end up going like he's paid for like all the teachers all the the curriculum and he knew about the whole like there's a lot of, he a knows lot of the neighborhood he knows yeah he knows the have. neighborhood he knows the neighborhood so he's just yeah. like I'm making sure that this school not only are they working are, are, are not only are they going to be in school for seven hours they're going to be in school for like nine hours so right. I think it's like it's like the kids. They end up being in school until like five p.m. If I'm not mistaken, it's Something like four like or five p.m. Yeah. And then they get like a break in between to like do like some kind of intramural sport or a nap or something. Yeah. And they come back and they relearn about what they did throughout the day. And they right. show and they and he did it based off of like statistics. Like statistics show that like when kids actually stay like at school for like an entire day, 
mm-hmm. and they recap like everything they've learned and stuff like that and they're yeah. just more present within the school they learn a lot more because it's not this back and forth of going back home going right. back to school like right. they're at they're basically at school the school is their home more so than their home you know yeah. what i'm saying so and in term it's been in 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 in, in retrospect it's been successful like like i think he said like 90 Five or nine, it's 90, 90 something percent of the kids end up going to like a college, right? And it's all for the most part. So is it is it elementary and a high school? Uh, I forget what grade it goes up to. I could look it up, okay. but it's definitely I think K through eight. It's definitely like K through or okay. K through or eight through twelve. Uh, okay. Yeah, LeBron. So I, I think, but you know what's crazy is that I think that is an important milestone for. How we can Diddy did the, a similar thing too in the Bronx. Like Diddy started like a string of charter schools in the Bronx and is basically doing the same thing. Okay. A lot of these kids, yeah. But he like he like used his money to like create this curriculum mm-hmm. to hire like put money in place to make this curriculum so it can it can prepare kids to actually learn, feel comfortable learning, yeah. and go off to become successful. Yeah, but I think individuals. I think, I think yeah, but I think those are good milestones to have for kids who are raised in those type of neighborhoods because yeah, it's called <coughs> the I Promise School in Akron. Ohio. I promise school mm-hmm. in Ohio. That's LeBron's? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so... I, I, uh, um, this is so dope. So, I love this. Yeah, so when it comes to the education system, I think a lot of times <laughs> what the government gets wrong is that, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. If kids are learning and graduating, the same can apply to all of these states and cities. And even though they have... a po- like to a point, that's that that works. You can I think a lot of times these inner city kids and stuff, they deal with the they deal with the same type of formula. You know, come to school, learn all these dumbass subjects, and try to graduate, but yet don't. Um, the, the school is not adjusting for the kind of environment that they're living in because, right? You know, the, like the stats about how most of these kids can't read. You know, things like that. Putting a kid like that in in a subject where you know. Everybody's reading at like some. Yeah, it's grades one through eight. One through eight. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sending my kid there. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's in Akron, Ohio, though. I'm moving to Ohio. Goddamn it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I you know, I, I think you know, if 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 schools did, if the government rather, because these public schools are ran by the government. So I was wrong. Wait, uh, not to cut you off, but they said like so. Ninety percent. The New York Times reported that ninety percent of the two hundred and forty. Inaugural students either met or exceeded their expected learning goals in both math and reading, right. making the school the district's most successful. Not ninety percent going like to off to college, but being but basically being prepared to go to high school and to, right. you know, and which this, is very important. Right, yeah. that age that age is probably the most. Those ages are the most important ages. Yeah, and and right? that school is specifically placed in a in Akron, which is like you know that's where LeBron's from, and, and Akron has like you know. From my understanding, it's, it could be a rough. It's, it's some it's parts high of the crime, high crime area. Yeah, it's, it could it yeah. be rough. So that's why he. Yeah. it's a so, public school. Yeah, so schools like that, I think, are good examples to build a safe haven, as you said, for kids like kids in the wire. You know what I'm saying? Right. When you have these broken kids coming to a school, kind of just ignoring the fact that they come from a broken home. Because I think that's the, I think essentially that's what's happening. A lot of these teachers. Oh, a lot of these schools are being rammed by uh, employees who, employees who are not from these neighborhoods. Yeah, and they apply the same tactics that they've learned, you know, teaching, and thinking that's going to work for the same kind of kid. And I think movies like you know Freedom Riders and 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 Coach Carter and even shows like The Wire, they always have these teachers try to do it differently. You know what I mean? Who end up being like the 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 outside of them? Like, what are you doing? Why are you teaching them to? 
why are you going here? Why are you doing this? Why are you bringing these props to, to class? Like, the, these teachers are trying to do things differently because they know that these kids are outside the norm. These are, like, very... Um, um, like if I'm being yeah. special kinds of kids that you know what what reading reading Shakespeare is not going to get them you know to pay attention. You kind of have to like be a little bit more hands on, like yeah. their parent, yeah, like their parent, you know. And, and yeah, I think in a lot of ways, I mean, just the education system does definitely needs to be revamped. I do think school fails a lot of kids, not just outside of the wire, but like like I, I believe that, yeah, you know, but but especially dev- public schools. But it's even, but I think. The, it, it, the biggest l- losers definitely ended up being like a lot of minorities because of the fact that mm-hmm. like in addition if if they come from like a background where it's, it's not as stable mm-hmm. um and things of that nature um it, it kind of like leads to a lot of the things that they kind of touched on in in that show right the wire yeah. but i love that like i love that that show just kind of brought that up because it makes me just think like what what are the things like i might have wanted to have in school outside of just like when people say i wish i could learn how to write off taxes and blah blah, blah. i think right. one of the one of the best things cause I've, I've asked about the, i've talked about this with my friends about like what they wish they would have gotten from school one person i talked to she said like i wish there was like a relationship class and i thought that was very interesting she's like you know like when we're like when you go through like health class i wish that there was like a relationship class because she was like i think a lot of us like uh, like relate like boyfriend like girlfriend a, yeah like a like an actual class discussing like like what men and women get wrong about relationships or just what the average human being does wrong about relationships when they're going through their teenage and I thought that was deep because I'm you only get you kind of only learn about relationships either through your parents or your friends it's not like there's no for the most part kids they kind of wing relationships you know what i'm saying like we don't like yeah, everybody wings relationships. yeah but for the most part you only really probably can get like an actual understanding of it through your parents right um and a little bit from your friends if your friend and that depends if the friends are good or bad influences right but she was just like i wish i would have had that because i would have been a lot more prepared in terms of like dealing with like some fuck boys i've dated and this that and the third right like she was like and even just like Oh shit! Now I think about it, <laughs> and even this would have been a dope ass class. Like, <laughs> even just with like with like pressures of just like kind of like either losing your virginity or choosing like who you're gonna have sex with, like when you're going through this stuff. Health just t- teaches you about sex, but I think health. No, no, no. They they teach you the the, the responsibilities and dangers of. No, no. So I'm saying health teaches you the responsibilities and dangers of sex, but but they don't teach you the emotional relationship aspect as much, right? They teach okay, you the bi- they teach you more yeah. about the biology. Yeah, and the science and behind the consequences, it, yeah. right? And the but consequences, like, yeah. But they don't, yeah. So I think that's what she was saying. Like there should have like been like some kind of like emotional relationship class. I think that was deep because I think that definitely would help like a lot of us. I think like I think that like there's a lot of things that on both sides, men and women and people who don't identify as that have have fucked up, right? In terms of like how they approach relationships, because a lot of times we're carrying our own traumas. From our own parents and stuff, and we don't even know. You know what I'm saying? And I think, say, if there was a relationship class, the curriculum can kind of like just go over that shit. Like, hey, kids, <laughs> you're carrying some shit. You know, it doesn't have to be like. Well, I, 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 no, 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 no. It doesn't have to be like. It, it just has to be mature. Because let's be honest, uh, most kids when they reach the ages of 14, 15, 16, you're basically like an adult, right? For the most part, yeah, you're still a kid, mm-hmm. but you're already like you're you're a young adult. I should say you're like a right. young adult. I think, like, say if there was some kind of relationship class, I think um, it would just save a lot of people time, money, and heartbreak and, and being more prepared 
in terms of adulthood, you know. Well, um, okay, so now, okay, so I'm with you, but now it's starting to sound a little bit more like a like a counseling session. Session. No, no, no. I, I, I literally think it should be like a grade. I think, I think, I think it would need, it would need to be something. Of course, like have like a, like a, like a people, like a people speaker come in and talk about like the stats of relationships, about like. Uh, so what would the goal of this class be if it was get in, to be you know you have to act you would be graded for it I think no but I know but what was like what like because you know with math the goal is to learn how to count and, and add and right learn trigonometry the goal for English just to learn how I, th- to read. I think I think I think uh, I think the goal from a, a relationship class is to is to will be to learn um, the strengths and weaknesses um, in dating the opposite sex the strengths and weaknesses of dealing with the opposite sex yes. And more important, and more importantly, the strengths and, and the pros and cons of being in a relationship. Mm. Mm. Most of us don't don't understand that. Most of us, when we're kids and we're we're going through life, yes, we're living and we're jumping in these relationships and doing different things. But we don't. Some of us, if we don't have like the right mm. examples, we don't. We just we kind of just wing it, you know what I'm saying? So say if there's a class when you just when it's just like we're just going over the pros and cons, and like you're gonna get graded on like for instance like a pop quiz is like one of the questions is like what are the stats of um, a person being killed if their partner is domestically abusing them? A fifty percent, B sixty percent, like stuff like you know just like key. Key facts and stats and understandings of like just the whole the whole spectrum of just relationships, not just not just but like just the whole spectrum. It's just the whole spectrum, so mm-hmm. so kids actually like know like this is what's what, mm-hmm. right? I think especially like and I, it would have to be like eighth grade. It wouldn't be like nothing less than eighth grade. I think it, was, it should be something like in junior high. Okay, so okay, because I'm I'm actually like. Realistically, trying to tackle this, I understand. So I understand the concept of it. I feel like if it were to be a real class, it would have to be a class for high school students starting freshman year, just just because that's where most people kind of start dating, like dating, dating, like you're dealing with dance recitals. I'm not, and stuff I'm like not that. mad with that. Yeah, like freshman year or yeah. even like you know sophomore yeah, year. Yeah, that's that's it's like an elective. Yeah, it can be something. like an elective class yeah. or something because you're getting ready to go to prom or homecoming or whatever the fuck you know you want to learn the fundamentals of a relationship if, you know what I'm saying because people usually start becoming boyfriend girlfriend after like turn and honestly I think the curriculum should also be like having guest speakers come in like or like yeah <clears throat> yeah that was my second thing I think they need to have like an actual expert come in and talk about those kind of numbers and not even just just experts or just people who, who who may have been like I think like it would be dope to have somebody who's like a prior alumni come into to the class like look this is how I was when I was going here. And I'm not trying to tell y'all what to do but I was to be respectful I was out here. You know what I'm saying? Like and talking about like their No, no for real. But like no, but like talking about their experience. Yeah, no, no but like talking about but men yeah. and women, right? Men and women alumni talking about their experiences dating Cause even at HF, we kind of got something like that before we went to HF or like our school. Like we had like these kids, but it wasn't like that. It was just kids coming from the high school to the junior high, talking about their experiences being students, yeah. right? But it wasn't like it, they, we they, they allowed us to talk to ask them anything. But like okay, yeah. Well, but, but here's the thing. But I'm, not, I'm not trying to make it like that. I'm talking about this is going to be like an actual like class where it's yeah, like yeah, like no, I see what you're saying. Well, you, you know, I, I get I get all that. I, I think if I'm just thinking critically, I feel like. I yeah, feel like, like what's, what's I, like some like like what's like some of the critiques of it though? 
Yeah, I, I feel like it wouldn't work, to be honest with you. I mean, I feel like most of the talking points that would be being taught would kind of still be coming off as hyperbole in some cases. Because I remember, like, I remember we had like, um, when I was at, when I was, at, when I was in private, private high school, we had like this conference about sexual assault. And like, I was like a freshman, no, I was a sophomore. And we're like hearing these these talks about sexual assault and shit. And like it was like the most overdramatic conferences. Like all the girls were crying and shit. And all the dudes were just like, Man, I don't want to go. I'm hungry. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just like this shit is so emotional. So we're hearing these stories about sexual assault and shit. And they're giving us stats about, you know, every one out of three, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it was like intimidating and just kind of like a chore to get through just because it was such heavy shit. So you're basically saying like if there would be a class, it shouldn't be like a scare tactic. Approach. It should be. I, more. I feel like that would be the inevitable mistake that would happen because. Well, I'm, well, as because so I'm, 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 I'm just finish because when I got out of, out of that out of that conference, like it was literally like a battle of the sexes thing. Like all the dudes and all the girls were literally like at this because of like you know they heard yeah, some like shit about rape. Yeah. yeah, and then like when you when I started actually looking at the real statistics and realized how hyperbolic it was what they were saying you know what I'm saying I'm, I was starting to see how some of that information was still being shared around social media and that's well I'm not gonna get into that because no we don't have to get into it I'm just saying like when it comes to, to the dynamics of relationships well I, I think I, well I think so to, to steer the gear I think the class can also be fun like it could be something where like like when you take this relationship class you have to have like a quote unquote Play girlfriend for that entire. No, week. yeah, okay, so yeah, it would be fun. Like, okay. so, so say if I had like a, a class of like twenty five students, twelve girls, thirteen boys. Okay, I would make each boy quote unquote date the girl. Not not for real, but there would be like the class, the the, the class couple. Yeah, each you know, but each 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 person would have a partner. Yeah. Right? And there was switch literally yeah. like Like Jeremy, go to your girlfriend now. No, yeah, no, yeah. And there was switch literally like every week. Or like or every day, right? So like one dude would be with another girl, cause and it would kind of teach the concept of like su- like subliminally like you're gonna be in multiple relationships throughout your life, not just boyfriend girlfriend, but just period. Like and like when you and then like mo- also when you like partner with these different people each day or each week, mm-hmm. you would have to like have some kind like the the couple have to have some kind of like. Uh, interview process like they would have to like talk to each other about oh. like and ask different questions in terms of like sectors so one sector could be pertaining to like like getting to know them one sector could be pertaining to like their uh their like likes and dislikes one section could be like their their struggles like with their personality like what are the things that they struggle with and this like and, and then the last one could be like um God, I'm a genius with coming up with this <laughs> this course. And then the the last one could be like the last one would be like like if you guys were to hang out together, where would you go? If you guys like outside of that class, if you guys were to hang out with each other, where would you go? Which is kind of dope when you think about it, because that could actually like lead to people being more like friendlier and like actually True. possibly even having like a relationship from that. So I think that would be dope. So, so like okay, something, so, it would be a fun class to be in. Is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, okay, it would be fun. But what what would, be, what would the goal? Like, be telling the dean, what would be the goal of this class? Like, what is kids learning from this? It would, it, I would I would try to present something to, to the <laughs> dean in terms of like how it ties into emotional intelligence and how. Um, emotional intelligence ties into uh, actual book intelligence, right? Like, 
kids who are most much more emotionally intelligent tend to do better in class. This, that, and the third, they tend to score higher. And I think that's actually true in a lot but of how, ways. How would this help their relationship if they were to get into one? I mean, I'm far from what you. Oh, said. I would say like this, and this also gives them life skills to be prepared for. Um, relationships they may have uh, from the ages of 14 all the way up to like 21. I would say that it'll, it'll prepare kids to be how to be prepared for relationships from 14 to 21, 22, basically up through college to, to the best of our ability. Right. So. Okay. So. so, so and, and also like it would be um, it would be a, uh, it would be like I said. If I would like to draw out this curriculum, it would be very meticulous to the point where it would be like it's, it's going to evolve. Like so, in the beginning, it would be something like that, and as it like as you advance through the course, there's other elements that get added onto it outside of just like the people who speak. It might be something where like um um a a, a kid is placed in like in a like some of the couples have to do like a project where on purpose like um like one of the couples has to decide like. What major they want to do? Right? No, no. Both both people who are partnering, they have to decide what, what's going to be their major, right? For college, yeah. And okay. then what ends up happening? Um, they have to talk about like what they plan on getting out of their major, and then the, then the the teacher has to decide what's going to happen once they get there, once they're out of their major, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then it could be something like, so say if you got what you didn't or did not want from the teacher, it would be like a, a evolution process process of this of the two of the two people who are dating like mm. what they have to do now that they're in this predicament if the project <laughs> would be like a very cool thing it would be like so now that like you majored in science and you didn't become a scientist you became like a school teacher and right. the dude majored in you know uh 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 education but he ended up being like a doctor like what are you gonna do like it would be like a, a cool little like like project that wouldn't just be like a one-time thing and it would be okay. like it would be cool it would be like really this seems, fun this seems pretty interesting yeah and i think it would prepare like uh, that's the thing like uh, yeah i think okay so if we had a class like that i think it would be a, a nice experimental elective to kind of like place in school just to because i think a lot of kids um don't know how to like handle relationships especially in those ages you know, we're we, just not only are we just not prepared. I think we get sometimes the wrong examples, and also and the wrong information. Yeah, yeah, and also relationships can be very tough to talk about with other people. So I think that's what the class would be about too. Like the class would kind of like make it a lot more welcoming, or the curriculum would, be, would make it a lot more welcoming for people to share and be vulnerable with their relationships. Because so for instance, some people ended up end up in shitty relationships. That's just facts, right? But how are you gonna? So for some people, they feel like they're in prison from talking about like if they're going to do like a domestic violence situation or if they're or if they feel like, you know, they're uh, enabling their partner to behave a certain way. Like they don't they don't feel comfortable sharing stuff like that. Oh, OK. So, so, like, so you're going to be pretty much assigning the personalities of the partners then. Wouldn't you? Well, I, like I said, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be changed like every week or something. Yeah, but, but, but like, it'll lo- be like saying, so you're, you're, you're the boyfriend that's doing such and such, and you're the girlfriend. Yeah, that'll tie into yeah. it. That'll and definitely then, tie into and it. And it's going to, as a class, kind of elevates, like, say, for the week. Yeah. You know, you're going to. You, you you teach you educate and we would recap to, it yeah so like yeah. we would recap it so after they be done with like a selective exercise like the practical exercise of like what would happen like if, if you guys were dating and I give you like these quote yeah. unquote assignments we would yeah. recap what realistically happens if you were in this situation yeah. right you know what okay 
It would be like a lot of practical exercise, yeah. but it would be fun too, though. It would be exercise, but it would be fun too. Like I wish yeah. there were. So that was that was one of the best things I've heard from like a friend of mine. She said if we were to revamp the education, what should we have? She said a relationship class. I think that would help a lot of men and women, right? Mm-hmm. Um, somebody said uh, I heard, of course, like the taxes, but they're already students starting to do that in some schools. Um, I thought that. Um, I think another one is 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 that they should teach, even though I know they won't, uh, of what you can do if you don't go to college. Like there should be like some kind of class about like let's say if college is not meant I for think you. That's a great idea. <laughs> there should be some kind of like that's an awesome idea. There should be like some kind of like course or a teaching about like what you can do if you, do, if you decide what not options to go to are out there yeah because go they don't teach that enough they right? do not i also that an awesome idea yeah and i think that it like it could be like a curriculum you be a teacher god damn it i know I've, people have told me that actually people told me that too people have told me that i would be like, like an excellent like teacher yeah. like but like the thing is it's just about changing the curriculum and that would be hard but also i've heard like um people saying like there should be like a school where uh like or a course where um like where, uh, what was that? What was that sound? We brought up the the curriculum. It was a a, a class where people were. Uh, it's a like a cor- a class a, a course where people learn about options out. There oh yeah, yeah. Don't go to college. Yeah, and then was what, what I was gonna say. I was Real gonna estate bring, would be a good one. Yeah, what was that? Real estate is a good one. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. There, there should be a course about like what other um. What jobs you can get in the in the entertainment business if you want to go down this route? Like I think, so mm-hmm. not enough people realize that. Say if you never like say if you want to be like a singer or the next Denzel Washington or whatever, yeah. that there's a, like so many other jobs you can be doing if you if if your career doesn't pan out, right? Like for instance, like if you don't make it yeah. to the NFL, you can still be a sportscaster, you can still be a sports writer, you can still be yeah. like a lot of people do that in the sports business, but like not enough people understand like. Like Sony and Stars and and Hulu and Netflix, there's like a million different jobs where you can be getting employed from. Yeah, like, you know. So You'll be, to be honest with you, I think a lot of these because and but it's just that most people just don't know until they actually meet somebody. Well, well like, I, like, like my well, like our younger yeah. brother, right? But, He's, well, yeah, there's a reason for that because I think because a lot of these you know these career day you know uh, days that they have they have these classes they only have like these choices. That are beneficial for like the corporate. economy, yeah, yeah, like corporate, like being corporate a, like even being a firefighter, cop, doctor, lawyer, all those things with good salaries because the government wants these 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 uh, these jobs to keep on happening because it, it grows the economy just because of like what they can what they bring into the table. But I think what they don't really what they forget about is that entertainment is one of the biggest. Uh, the biggest revenue revenues for the economy, economy as well. Yeah. Whether it is sports or I mean, shit. I mean, you have NBA athletes who don't who either dropped out of school yeah. or did horrible in college who are bouncing a ball for millions of dollars, hundreds of millions. Rudy Gobert of dollars. signed a two hundred five million dollar contract. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Twenty eight years old. You see what I'm saying? Now, granted, we don't know how good he was in school, but he wasn't no damn, you know. Homecoming king. He wasn't like the the straight A student. He just he he just he met he met the standards right to be in this to be in this uh the sports field. And I think by having he's making more than any doctor any lawyer could ever dream about. Because one of the things I like about I like about LinkedIn is that LinkedIn will show you like 
all all forms of job opportunities. Right. And it'll show like people's like resumes and backgrounds when you click yeah. on their profile. Mm-hmm. I love that. Like I remember when I first signed up for LinkedIn and I started finding like Spotify workers, right? People who yeah. actually work at Spotify and like Netflix. And you see like the different jobs that they have, right? right. And the different opportunities you can get from yeah. like and like, and like and not just that, but from like the movie business, like different mm-hmm. things you could be doing, and like I mean, as, even like sports commentating, yeah, that's like a big thing too. Like yeah. ESPN, is and even if it's just like at a small local college or like right. at like a U of I, right? That's still like that could that could definitely turn into like yeah. a successful career, exactly. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like there's branches to every single field. Like right. I feel like if you're an athlete who wants to be a, be- a basketball player, and let's say you don't make it to the NBA because of God knows what, but you're really passionate about sports, you know, commentating is still an option for you because. Look, I mean, there's a lot of NBA players who can't play basketball anymore who do just that, and they still getting paid for. It. They're giving their inputs. They're still watching the games. They're still maintaining their relevance by just going on ESPN and sitting by a desk and talking about how LeBron sucked this one game and he needs to do this and that and the other. And everybody does that. Everybody loves doing that. Yeah. And I feel like you know, the, like these these milestones of being an NBA sports player doesn't have to be the end game. I think it's a good idea, like to bring, to show like these outside of college options and how all these branches are still possible. Like, yeah. I want to be an actor. If you're not an actor, you can produce, you can and create. Like, and, and also, you know? like, maybe even have, like, a course on internships, right? So, yeah. like, like say if you do go to, like, this this course was teaching about the entertainment business, like, talk about the I wish import- I had that, to be honest. Right, talk about the importance of internships and, like, why it might be important for you to work somewhere for free temporarily yeah. because within two to three years, you could be working full-time, you have connections, you have a bigger network, uh, you, you can have opportunities to meet some of your favorite, you know, mm. entertainers or whatever. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, that's what's so crazy. I feel like not a, like school has failed a lot of students in a yeah. lot of ways in terms of preparing for yeah. life. Um, I, didn't, I didn't learn about interns until I was in college. And even when I learned about it, you know, they didn't teach me what interning actually was. They right. So you can intern for this agency. And I was like, whatever the fuck that means. Right. Am I getting paid? Yeah. And every time I brought up about am I getting paid, they always scoffed at me like, <laughs> paid for your career and I still didn't comprehend what the fuck they were talking about yeah. I feel like like you said if they actually explain what interning is the importance of it whether you're getting the check or not I would have been interning a yeah. thousand times all through college yeah cause it, it, it really prepares kids to become adults yeah. literally that's yeah. what it does yeah. and right? it builds you, a network at a, at, a, at, a, at that age yeah. all the way going into so that yeah. was yeah that's definitely a good it's idea. life skills you're working out yeah so that's what I think so I thought it was interesting so I mean we kind of touched on that for a while but I know we don't we're kind of pressed for time we kind of talked longer than I anticipated but what are some of your 2021 um, goals do you yeah. have any do you yeah. want me to start off I, or do you well be, yeah I got a few not a lot but I got a few um, so you know I'm producing a film right now um, that I'm starring in, and that what's it called? Root of Evil. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna probably we, we wrap this month, but we're gonna uh, probably shoot out a trailer for it, um, probably around February if we actually wrap and get all the things uh, shot down. Because right now the weather's kind of fucking things up right now. But this, this is this is technically my fourth project that I'm producing, and I think because I'm learning the curve of all that kind of stuff and dealing with different types of personalities and people and actually being in charge of something. I think 2021 for me is going to be focusing on just building a good catalog of projects to push out myself while at the same time, you know, booking things to my agent and things like that. Because I mean, I mean, this because the whole journey of acting is always a learning curve. I mean, you're always learning something. So 
you know, what I learned with, from booking my agent is that she she works for me and she books me projects, but she will even tell me you want to keep working, whether that's auditioning or, you know, going to workshops or whatever. But, you know, one of the key things that I realized is that pushing out your own projects, because we're at that age now where you can just write your own shit, make your own stuff, yeah, yeah, and yeah. people will catch wind of it if it's good. Um, so I'm going to focus on probably juggling those two. Um, growing my YouTube channel, um, I got like ten subscribers right now, which is pretty good. Um, I like how you shot you like flex that, like you know, go my ten. Subscribers. I mean, shit, like I, where, like I feel like you're like shit, man. Man, look, like, ten subscribers, look, man, look. But I'm gonna be like, honest you fuck with you. Fuck with me, look, man. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Like I didn't think I would have ten subscribers. Like I'm just grateful that I have like ten people watching my shit. You know what I'm saying? And I, got, I already got some videos that's getting some traction. Like I'm not like a big YouTuber or nothing, but you know it. Consistency is key, and I'm glad that I was told to like just be consistent because it can get really hard to just stay up on that kind of stuff. But ultimately, that's my goal: like grow my YouTube channel, um, juggle my projects back to uh, you know to keep myself constantly working on stuff, and just uh, uh, I want to travel at least one more time um, this year. Whether it's uh, like I want to be able to travel by by monthly, oh uh, by yearly. So like every six months or so, kind of get that going for ourselves. So, yeah, mine is yeah. my my goal this year is to use up all my vacation time this year. Last year I wasn't able to do that unfortunately, for different reasons. But yeah, use up all my vacation time, travel more. Even though it's COVID, I definitely plan on going on a lot more road trips this year. Um, either even if it's by myself, if I have to, I just I'm one of those people where I need to be experiencing new things constantly. In terms of making me feel a little bit more refreshed, um, so I'm gonna definitely be doing a lot more road trips this year. Um, I gotta start planning those out. Um, obviously, like this for this podcast, hopefully I'm gonna be able to get up to 50 episodes. I think that's definitely doable. So I'm gonna be able to record at least 50 episodes before the end of 2021. Um, mm. And also, we getting strides too right now. I think right like. Yeah, we're st- yeah we're starting to get up there. Yeah, yeah, we're we're working on. Um, and then, um, and then put out um another project this year. That's another music project this year. I think those are my my three goals. What's the name of this project? Have I haven't one? named it yet, but it's already in the works though. But I haven't named it yet. But this one definitely it's gonna it's I think it's gonna be shorter, but it's gonna be better. I think. What can we expect from this album? So much. Well, it's not an album. I think this one. I, I honestly think this one is probably gonna be an EP. But I think it's gonna be better. I think people are gonna like it better because it's shorter, and it's, I think it's gonna be just better songs. Wait, so, 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 your other album was like an LP, would you say, like an actual LP? Yeah, like that was. I would say that one's an album, but this one's it's just gonna, gonna be like, like an EP. Okay. Like it's gonna be probably like f- not more than like four to five songs. Um, okay. Yeah, you gonna stretch your vocals? You, you know, your vocals. We'll see, but I think I think I already already from even just from me working on art, I already tell it's gonna be better because I'm a lot more prepared. I think that's the cool thing about like when you're making yourself yourself, you see like, oh, I could definitely do a, things a lot better now that I know this, yeah. right? Um, yeah, it's um, the same. It's the same with my shit too. Like I like the project that I'm doing right now. I'm already, I'm already knowing what to do next round when I come up with another project. Yeah, that's the beauty of it all. When you create, you you just you just start learning from your mistakes and you just kind of get better. Right. And yeah. then if you're consistent with it, you know. It just becomes like this beautiful thing. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm definitely looking forward to things opening up this year, just because. Yeah. I know the vaccine rollout is kind of happening right now. But I think but for the most part, things are still going to be closed. But I do look forward to like somewhat being able to go back out 
and yeah. do some things. I'm like just tired just, of wearing these damn masks. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and once they say we can take that shit off, then I'm good. Because I, 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 I think like once the vaccine is rolled out, it's going to cause a lot of people to get complacent and um, the cases are just going to spike back up. So you know, you you want you know what I think too. To be honest with you, so you know the school system right right now it's kind of fucked because everybody's kind of doing things by Zoom. Can you imagine how that's going to change the whole spectrum of like snow days and like weather closing? You know, how, you know, like back then when when weather was really really bad, school would be closed. You just have a day off. But now that Zoom is kind of like the thing where. School is literally COVID's changed the entire world. Yeah. yeah so it's like now, are we still going to have snow days? Are we still going to be able to, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, have a Zoom day. Yeah. They're going to send an email, like, look, uh, school's closed. So I'll see you on Zoom at seven o'clock. Be there. Yeah, like, I think it's probably already happening. I mean, well, it's happening now because schools are closed. But I'm pretty sure, like, once. You know what I'm saying it's probably happened where, like, there's been, like, a moment where probably nobody can come into school because of the weather and they're like, all right, we'll meet. Yeah, and so like, we're gonna I would not be call. shocked at that. Yeah, that, that would, that would kind of suck to be honest. Well, I'm not in school anymore, but like for the kids, that would kind of suck because like they'll have to still have school and, and they have to be like, I, I can talk to my daughter and be like, man, when I was your age, when it snowed heavy, we stayed home. Shit, we had snow days. You know what snow day is? What's a, what's a snow day? Oh, that was when you can, you can stay home for the day because of the snow. Y'all ain't got that shit. Y'all got Zoom. So, <laughs> stay, keep your head down. Shit. Yeah. But I I think that's a good place to stop right there. So mm-hmm. um, I hope everybody has a great new year. Um, for sure, for sure. Hopefully we can, um, yeah, we look forward to doing this next week. And uh, just just have a good time. And, uh, yep. Yeah, and just have a great 2021. We're already off to a good start, y'all. So let's keep this up. For sure, man. Y'all take care. Stay safe. Yeah, I'll tell you, you, you provide information and you don't even know the inbox.